All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Day Room Podcast. I'm here with my good buddy, Tony Langley again, and we are going, we're back for another week of just hot takes and current events in sports uh, and life. What's going on, Tony? How you been, buddy? Hey, how's it going? It's been a, it's been an interesting week, huh? <laughs> to say the least, to say, to the, say least. the least. Needless to say, I had to. Had to work this one out with a, a nice little drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Been one of those. One of those, at least. I, and you know what? I, I, As we were talking before we started recording, I really didn't think about it. Uh, and and we, we will dive into it um, with one of the things. Not, I mean, it's more, it's probably more tough for you with what's been going on with the coaching situation. I didn't even think about it until we just started talking about the three-headed monster that's going on with the coaching departure and um, what Coach Pete Carroll actually means to me, basically because he's been at Seattle for so long. But we'll we'll dive into that a little bit down the line because that's gonna be that's gonna be something fun to talk about. Probably sad for you. So we'll yeah. you know we'll save maybe, that. Maybe a little. A little. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll save that so you don't cry too much throughout this episode. Right. We could do we could do probably three or four hours of me just bawling like a baby here today. Hey, you know what? And and if if the fam if I'm I'm home alone, so if your fam will allow you to sit here and cry, you got all the time in the world. <laughs> they probably would rather you be sitting here with me than yeah. than sitting back talking about Bama football. Right? They they're like, oh, you get all uh, get on to us for your for our feelings and other things, but. Nick Saban goes and huh, <laughs> big old baby over here, right? Well, let's let's jump right into it, man. I you know, national championship game on Monday last. I honestly thought it was going to go a hell of a lot different than it did, and um, I'm big enough to admit that I did not see this part coming. What do you think? Boy, we were uh, we were a little bit wrong in in that one, right? Um, you know, it, it was a uh, for all it was, it was it was a good game. After Washington got to go in, they and and being able to stop Michigan finally a little bit. Um, I wasn't really surprised necessarily, but I did expect a little more. Yeah, the way that Michigan came out, I probably shouldn't have been surprised with after that Penn State game. And how fired up they were! Just you know, it's us against everybody, and and you know that that's been um, Harbaugh's thing since he was with the 49ers. You know, us versus everybody, or whatever he says, and he's taken that to Michigan, and they really played like it throughout the season, especially when he got suspended. I thought it would be a close game. I knew, you know, I told you I thought Washington was going to win. Uh, I did not think that it was going to be 34-13, and that score doesn't even show how one-sided the game was. Um, Right. You know, they did hold McCarthy. I told you, I didn't think that they would be able to run as much as they did. They held McCarthy to 140 yards, um, Mm. you know, 10 to 18 passing, no touchdowns. Uh, And Michael Penix did his thing minus the two picks. I mean, he had to throw 51 passes to get 255 yards. So, you know, they, Dunze, they held Roma Dunze to under 100 yards. But I I was not expecting Michigan to have two 100 yard rushers. That was crazy. That was well, crazy. it came out to a lot of uh, a lot of really like big plays, blown plays, mm-hmm. uh, missed assignments. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know if the if the platform was was really 
too big for them or not. I, I, I don't think so. You get into games like that, and the, and the nerves are, are definitely going to be there. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's one of those things where you gotta you gotta wonder. I mean, Michael Penix has been a monster all season. I already know what everybody's going to say. Well, he paid he played in the Pac-12, you know, blah blah blah. But he had to play a couple of um, semifinal or a semifinal game to get to the national championship yeah. against a really really tough Texas team. So. You know, and I mean, dude almost had 5,000 yards passing this season. Number one quarterback uh, as far as passing yards goes. So you don't, that doesn't come easily, you know, no matter who you're playing against. These are still D1 schools, power five schools. So exactly. And this, and this one game, it should, it should not in anyone's eyes uh, take away from what he did on the season, how he played and how he lifted that team. He was excellent. Uh, and honestly, their their offense was they were able to move the ball some. They were yeah. they were able to move the ball pretty pretty well. Uh, they just they just couldn't finish it. Well, I think the biggest problem, and and one of the big reasons why Penix had to throw fifty one passes, Dylan Johnson. They held Dylan Johnson to thirty three yards. One of the best running yeah. backs in the country. That Michigan defense just clamped his ass down. So I, you know, if you you got a one sided offense, there's no way you're going to be able to keep up with with a team playing the way that they played. I mean, you know, they're I don't even know what the um uh, the ball control time was, but I'm almost positive that um even with the big plays, Michigan still held the ball for an extended period of time. Um yeah. and you know, if you don't get the ball in Penix's hands, how how can he score? You know, especially yeah, if Dylan Johnson ain't running the ball. You can't keep the Michigan offense off the field. So- if you look at if you look at Michigan's defense, the way they played against Alabama, and they they had two completely different mindsets for for these two games. Uh, when they played Alabama, they they rushed probably eighty five percent of the time, if not more, and uh, put a lot more pressure. And it seems like they they kind of set back and let their you know let their front three or four do the rushing, and 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 then really just ate up the rest. Yeah. Um, the way the way they played defense and they did it, they did it masterfully uh, for those last two games. So tendencies kind of went out the window. Yeah, I think you were right, too, because you did mention you got to speed Penix up. And that's exactly what they did. Um, yeah. I thought, you know, dude's a left hander. So maybe it'll be a little bit more difficult when they've been, you know, they, they haven't really faced um, as accurate a passer from that side uh, as they have with Penix. Man, they they did they did what they needed to do. Um, and then Washington's defense. I talked to you, you know, I told you about their big corners. Dominique Hampton, I mean, you know, he came to play. Everybody else, yeah. where I don't I don't know where the hell they were. You know, he had six solo tackles, 10 total tackles. Um he did his thing. You know, they they really they stayed away from his side of the field, no matter what side he was on. And um when the ball, you know, he he was a ball hawk. The entire game, but nobody else on that defense really showed up. Yeah, it was a uh, it was it was an interesting game, and uh, and it, I mean it was it was still it was still a, a good game, I guess you could say, but it wasn't um, like I said again. I I I kind of expected a little bit more, a little bit more out of them vertically. Such a such a talented wide receiver group, mm-hmm. so fast, and then their 
and the Washington secondary, extremely talented. We talked about it last week, how how quick they were to the ball, how you know, how much of ball hawks they were. It seemed like they overran a lot. Yeah. Uh, in uh, in this game, and uh, I don't know why or or what they what the causes were. Were that was Michigan that good? Were they just overthinking some things? I I don't know. No, nah, I think you hit it on the head at the beginning. Um, I, it it really now looking back and thinking about it, and even in the game watching it, it, it looked like the moment was just too big for those yeah. players. You know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. You sometimes you just it just happens that way. You know, I went to the USC Washington game in the Coliseum. While they looked good, I, the fan base, the 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 uh, the climate, the 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 atmosphere at the game in the stadium, like that. Once SC went up, it was like the the fans were, oh no, you know, what do we do? And then they come back, and now the fans are cheering again. And I I just I I don't know if they if they were ready for the big stage at that point. I mean, they should have been. Yeah. It should have been. I mean, it was a, an extremely talented team, and they, uh, and like I said, all all year long, they 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 performed extremely well. Is it does it go back to the parity? Is the is you know when are you talking about Pac twelve and Big Ten or SEC? You know, it, are the teams just better in in some of these in some of these leagues? I don't know. Maybe is that something that's leading to the uh, the demise of the Pac twelve? Is it uh, you know it. That's and that's something that, like you said, they're all they're all D one, right? Yeah. They're all one A, depending on how old you are, right? <laughs> um, so, like you know, they're 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 at the same they're at the same level. Um, yeah, some teams, some teams, some some colleges have a, a little bit more, a little bit more to throw at them. Um, but uh, but it was a it was a it was a very very good team that deserved to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, by the performances on the field, and uh, and they and they they really, I, I I hurt for them that they that they lost that game. They get there, I'm, and I'm I'm a I'm one that I, I root for an underdog a lot of the times, uh, unless it's you know the other team in Alabama. <laughs> but yeah, they 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 definitely deserve to be there. They had a they had an excellent team, and they uh, and they they showed why they why they deserve to be there. Uh, on the field, uh, beating Texas the way that they did, I, I was like, man, maybe they actually, maybe they got a chance against Michigan, um, and, uh, and that's why I went with them a little bit closer than you uh, last week. So, uh, but we were both wrong. Yeah, we both wrong, yeah. and 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 that's what happens. We're, I'm a, uh, I'm we're a not, believer though. Experts. I honestly, I don't like I told you before. Um, I I'm not biased by conference as a USC fan since I was a kid. Um, I have never ever I don't give a damn what is happening pulled for any other team other than my team. I don't care what conference they're in. Um, so I don't understand the the conference bias. I it's doesn't matter to me. It's USC versus every other team. And I used to always say, uh, you know, when it was the Pac-10, it's USC. Uh, it's the Pac-1. Versus everybody else, USC is the Pac-10 to me. Yeah. Um, so I never understood that. So for me, I don't, I didn't care how good any other team was in the conference. I went by Pete Carroll's uh, thing when when he was coaching. Any team, anytime, anywhere. And yeah. you know, it don't matter. We, you know, we are we're representing the Pac-10 or Pac-12 or Pac-8, whatever it is at the time. But we're still 
University of Southern California Trojans. Um, you know, yeah. I don't care who you are. And so I, I can remember back, I don't remember what year it was, might have been like um oh four or oh five when they just smashed Oklahoma in the national championship game. You you would be hard pressed to hear one USC fan saying, Oh, you know, the it's the Pac 12, you know, we're tough. And so that's why I, I have a hard time understanding. Maybe you can feel me. I, mean, I have a hard time understanding SEC fans when they say, you know, it's the SEC. It's because Vanderbilt's, it in, the more. Vanderbilt's <laughs> in the SEC. So, I mean. Hey, we got to have money makers somewhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got the best doctors in the- <laughs> Right. But. Um, yeah. And, it, and it's been that way. Uh, I mean, you see, I think one of the things that kind of, uh, that kind of, throws everybody for a loop is uh like we mentioned last week the these polls and the polls really really throw you for a loop because you know no matter what the teams have done whenever the poll comes out at the beginning of the year top 10 teams are going to be alabama is in there uh, usc is up there um ohio state is going to be there michigan notre dame lsu yeah. They, these teams are going to be there without really proving anything on the field. Right. Oklahoma. And sometimes exactly. Texas, Oklahoma State. Sometimes Texas, Oklahoma. You know, but like there's a preconceived notion about these teams. Uh, and then you have writers that are that are the ones that are being polled for this, that they have their favorites, you know, and they're going to say their favorites, the top dog every time. Yep. Uh, so it, it makes it it makes it difficult to to muster. And whenever teams are playing um, other teams that don't have the the same kind of uh, same kind of track record or, or toughness or speed or whatever the whatever we look at as fans, uh, it it becomes a, it becomes a all oh, these these pollsters are are biased. They're super in biased. our minds. <laughs> we know biased, that. You know. So I think that's a, I think that's a lot of the problem. So we we get on that that bandwagon that that kind of train and instead of just remembering, hey, any team can beat any other team on any given day, and uh, it it depends on what they do. Does the ball bounce the right way? You know, whatever. And and you saw that you know a few years back with Appalachian State beating Michigan. Michigan yeah. At home, and that was that was probably the biggest one. That's why I bring that up. Yeah. And uh, and what did it do for Appalachian State? They are they are a great program right now because of that. Yeah. Because of that one win. And those opportunities create parity. Mm-hmm. And one hundred percent. I honestly, when I when I think about schools like that, especially just being a fan. Um, I haven't played for as long as I did and loving the game of football. I, we talk about it any given Saturday, any given Saturday, uh, anybody could lose. Um, who was it this year? A USF that gave Alabama some trouble. Yeah. USF. Uh, I mean, and they're, and they're a good team. They're really, they're, they're a really good team. Um, but you think of USF, oh, Alabama, they, they suffered with USF, but I mean, they don't think about, uh, the the struggles that Alabama was having at the offensive line at the beginning of the season. Uh, yeah. Jalen Milrow didn't play in the game. 
we he sat Jalen Milrow to try to probably to try to teach him a lesson. Hey, look, be humble, and and you need to get out there and do the work to do what you need to do to improve. Um, so he went with these two backups, and he probably also did it because he heard a lot of fan chatter. Yeah, about is Milrow good enough? And uh, and to prove to the fans, hey, we're going to probably struggle without Milrow. He's the best option, and I think he's the best option. But I think that we can win against US uh, USF or whatever it is, and and uh, and I think that we can win with these backup quarterbacks. But you're going to see how we're going to struggle with that. And that brings me to what I wanted to talk to you about while we're recording. Now we had we 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 chatted about um, Florida State, and you weren't impressed with Florida State. Yeah. And and I told you, if they had Jordan Travis. Florida State would have been in, in in that probably in the national championship game, mm-hmm. um, and and you just you just said it right there. They they put it on LSU at the beginning of the season, and I don't. There's no excuse. You you yeah. if you if a game is on your schedule, you show up. I don't give a damn if it's in the beginning, middle, or end of the season. If you have a game, you show up. Mm-hmm. If you know. I don't I don't care about injuries. I don't I don't care about well we had a tough game last week. Well, there's a game this week. With I mean Jordan Travis went ham on LSU. And yeah. and and then every game up until he got injured. I I can assure you that if he was not injured, Florida State was one of the the four best teams in the country. If they Yeah, had. so and and my thing is I I don't I don't believe so. For a number of reasons, and and I could be wrong. Just like this national championship game, you know, the uh, the I I don't think so. I think if you take even with Jordan Travis, do you take them to beat Georgia? Do you take them? Do you honestly take them to beat uh, Ohio State? Even do honestly? you take them to beat? Yeah, and and I mean that's something that you have to think about, and you you have an opinion, right? Uh, and and I don't. I find it still kind of hard. Now they had a they had an excellent offense. They killed it in the transfer portal last year, and and had an excellent transfer portal team. And they could have they could have come in there and won it all, with or without him. They could have. But given the well, I don't know about without him. I mean, yeah. And but I mean, we can't say yes or no, right? But I, I can say this: when they had him, now it, it, go back. When, go back when, to when what you said. Him. Go no no no. Go back to what you said about. When they had him, he does give them the best opportunity to win, without a doubt. That's okay. that's anybody that argues that would take be off a your fool. SEC hat <laughs> and <laughs> and be just just let, let's just say FSU at that point was Alabama. Mm-hmm. They're kicking ass all season. With I mean, their team is rolling. The team is gelling. That the yeah. quarterback is is the motherboard of the team. Yeah, they're balling, and I, I'm looking at their schedule right now. I mean, they they beat LSU in the beginning of the season by 21 points. Yeah, then they come back and they they beat Southern Miss 66-13. I mean, they struggled a little bit with Boston College. They beat Clemson by a touchdown. Beat Virginia Tech, crazy. They beat a ranked Duke team by. 18 points. So you can say whatever you want about the, the ACC, but those ranked teams in the ACC historically do pretty good against the SEC. They may not always win, but they, they put up a fight. Um, yeah. 
you know, I'm and I'm I'm looking. They beat they beat Florida. Say what you want about Florida. Um, they beat Louisville, a ranked Louisville team with their backup quarterback. I, I'm telling you, I I I don't really see. They might not have beaten Georgia in the Orange Bowl, but I don't think they would have got embarrassed the way they did. Oh, it definitely. And and I think if they had their star quarterback and and I think that would have that would have lit a fire for everybody else to play in the Orange Bowl. Of course. And and for sure, if they if they if they if they said that, you know, that uh, that they weren't one of the top four teams, I, but if they had their quarterback, they probably would have been chosen as a top four team. I know they would have. Um, and and, you know. Given if the if the roles were reversed, would I be hurt as a fan? Yes, I would be. No doubt about it. But I mean, can you really argue with it? No, of course not. No, no. And and I'm not and, saying that they should have been based on their their schedule and their wins, even co- yeah. going and, and winning the ACC without Jordan Travis, that they should have been one of the four best teams. No, I think the committee did an amazing job in ruling them out. And and I also think they did an amazing job in ruling Georgia out. Um, yeah. But but with with Florida State, yeah, they absolutely should not now, should not have been one of the the four. I make I make all this you know I make all this uh, I make all this uh, you know argument you know as an Alabama fan for Alabama and everything like that. Now, if I were in that room, if I were in that room, uh, I would have probably put Florida State over Alabama. Nah, because it I, I, and, and let me tell you, let me tell you why. Um, Alabama had their flaws. I saw their flaws every every week, and I hurt with their flaws and and everything else. I would I would have put them in, and I know I'll, I'll get a lot of flack from all my Alabama fans out there that are they're going to listen to this. Hey, but I would have put I would have put Florida State in, uh, simply for the reason that hey, they are undefeated. I would have put them in number three, and I would put Texas at number four. I'll tell you why you're wrong, though. Do you it, remember? I would, I would, I would definitely be wrong in to do so in it, but at the same time, you know, the games on on the field they do matter, mm-hmm. and uh, and they were an under they're an undefeated team, and then conference do champion. We, do we they were conference champion of a of a power five conference, even though I hate that term. Um, <laughs> The uh, but I would put them in because I would feel like, hey, they're undefeated. Reward these kids. Well, but, but the committee for what they did, and that's fine. They got they 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 went to the uh, they went to the Orange Bowl, so that's a reward yeah. enough. I think that when it comes to selecting the top four teams in the country to go to the semifinal for the playoff, you have to put the best four teams currently. And at that point, record aside, if you look at the record, there were several undefeated teams that could have gone up there. So oh, I mean, yeah. then we should just Definitely. put all undefeated teams up top. But they were not at that time when the when the committee had to make the selection for the top four. They were not one of the four best teams. Definitely. They were playing with a backup quarterback, you know. But how many how many times uh, how many times through the years of the four team playoff? Did we put somebody in there that was not one of the top which is four and I think they learned you got to evolve and 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 I, and I get it, but uh, for the last season of it, they changed it up. 
caused uh, caused heads to roll. I do think that they got it right. Um, maybe. I, well, I think I that's all think they that, want. That's all they I want still is think, to get it right. I still think that Georgia was probably one of the top four teams. I can't um, argue with that, but. But. So we decided to put, we decided to put, you know, Washington and Texas in there and Alabama who just beat Georgia. The argument is, I mean, and, and honestly, Alabama's loss to Texas is the thing that really blew this up. Um, because how could you put a one loss Texas in, uh, how could, how could you leave them out when they beat the one loss Alabama, right. right? How could you put Georgia in and they're not a conference champion and not put a, a undefeated Washington in? Or, or also Michigan a conference champion. Yeah, and, and I think that's what they look for. You know, um, we talked about this going into the 12-team playoff. But for this year, um, and, and I think this for the very last uh, four-team playoff, they got this one 100% right. The very first thing that you got to look at is, uh, are you a Power 5 conference champion? Yes? Okay, cool. Now let's look down below. Are you the best team that we can field? Yes. Yeah. Because, I mean, Florida State was a conference champion, but they weren't yeah. one of the four best teams that they could field. Yeah. Um, Georgia was may have been one of the four best teams, but that's a secondary. They didn't win their yeah. conference. They won the conference. No brainer. Yeah. And, and so I, I it, with that said, I think that that's what that's all you can ask for. Remember when Notre Dame with the Manti Teo year when they got, I mean, they got demolished, yeah. but they got put into know. that playoff because they were undefeated. And well, that was the Manti Teo year was BCS. You sure? Yes, because uh, they they were undefeated. Alabama had uh, Alabama had one loss on the year, and uh, and they put them in the uh, in national championship game against Alabama, and Alabama just steamrolled them. I'm trying to, but maybe it wasn't that year. It was. Uh, that was 2011 or 12, 2012, maybe. I don't remember. There was there was one. Um, there was one year where Notre Dame was undefeated, and they clearly should not have been there. Oh yeah. Uh, you know that that, and it's where you. Uh, they were questioning. Okay, well, how can we leave out? Because I mean, Notre Dame's independent, so you can't really consider them Power Five. But still, you yeah. know, they're a top tier team allegedly. And that year, they really hadn't played anybody, and they struggled with big teams. And and that was the question: like, can they can they hold up against um, a top tier team in a you know in a late season game? And I can't remember who they left out. It was it was bad, you know. Yeah. So I think th that kind of propelled the the committee to think, all right, well, we're gonna we need to put the best four teams currently as we sit, the best four teams on the field. We'll look at conference championship. Okay, cool, we got that. Now next criteria. Yeah. You, you know, I and I, I can honestly say that if, let's say. Because Oregon was what number nine when they played, or or seven when they played Washington, something like that. I don't think that if they had won the conference, they would have been up there. Georgia would have been in, yeah, because 
even though they didn't win their con- the conference, they didn't win the SEC, they were the very next team, best team on paper. So if you got a, a decision between Oregon, Washington, and Georgia, you're putting Georgia in there. Yeah. See, Notre Dame made it twice to the uh, college football playoff. That was uh, 2019. They they got steamrolled by Clemson. Clemson That's it right there. 30 to 33. And then in 2021, Bama beat them first round uh, 31 to 14. No, nah, that that Clemson game. What was Notre Dame's record prior to that game? Uh, they were they were ranked number three in the in the nation. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if they may have been ranked number three. It's just on the college football playoff website is what I'm looking at. So go go. Can yeah. you see before the uh, like if you click on their record or their their that season? 2018 Notre Dame. They had one loss on the season. It looks like, and that was to Georgia. Was that early? No, they had season? two. They had, they had two losses on that season: Georgia and Michigan. Okay, there was a season where they were undefeated, and they just—I mean—they weren't a good team. But because well, of their record, the Manti Teo year, whenever they they were in the BCS, they were undefeated. Okay. Um, and uh, and then Bama beat the heck out of them in the uh, in the in the BCS championship game. Okay, then maybe that's what I'm thinking. Um. Now that was the Manti Teo year. Yeah, yeah, and and I can't remember who was left out. What year was that? I'm gonna look that up. That was I want to say that was 2012, maybe. No, 12 was 12 was 12 was Alabama and LSU, yeah. and then so there've been 13 or 11, 2011. Which I didn't understand how. No, that 2000, 2000, 2013, 2013. Yeah, we won't even we won't even dive into that Alabama LSU game. Yeah, you couldn't make it past the fifty. That was wonderful. <laughs> Although they they scored their first touchdown against uh, against them in that game. So. <laughs> yeah, but that's the that's that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back into getting a uh, playoff. Yep. because uh, because of. How do we have two SEC teams in the uh, in the national championship game? And but I mean, honestly, they they probably got it right. You mean the the that game? Yeah, in the in the BCS championship game year. Possibly, but I mean, remember we were talking about strength of schedule. Yeah, and it's well for certain things. It's like who determines strength of schedule? Yeah, I mean, this is easy. And- and it's you know at that point it was you know the computer system that was uh, it was it was all analytic. So it, I mean it, it it didn't create a a more bias uh, human bias uh, reasoning for it you know yeah so that was that's that's probably the biggest positive about the BCS but I think and part of. I mean, looking at it, they they did beat quite a few ranked teams. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what was going on that season with why I was I was kind of upset about that because there was a team that was more deserving, even though um, Notre Dame was undefeated. And yeah, you can only play the schedule that that is in front of you, but I I think and it goes back it goes back to the SEC bias thing where. You know, you can tell me that the SEC is the toughest conference all you want, but when you got four 
games or th- three to four games of lesser competition where you can, you know, your your starters are only playing maybe a quarter and a half or a half a game, uh, so they can they can rest up, and you got four games like that. That means if they're playing a half a game, that means there's that's two full games that they're not playing. And and so this also it brings back to you know why is it that uh, that I think that the twelve team is not going to create more parity, right? I I because I I don't think that it is. Uh, if you take it to this year, SEC would have had four teams in the twelve team playoff, and uh, and that would have been just insane, right? And and as soon as we as soon as we have that, and we're going to wind up having stuff like that every year. Big Ten and SEC would just freaking roll it by this 12-team playoff. Uh, Like I said, SEC would have had Alabama, Georgia, um, Ole Miss, and Missouri. Well, LSU wouldn't have been in there? No, LSU wouldn't have been in there. I think uh, think LSU had dropped dropped down in the rankings. But Missouri would have been there. Okay, so this is the ranking after the that's the final ranking. Let me go to one fifteen. Yeah, Ole Miss, Missouri, Georgia, and Bama. And then how many Big Ten? There would have been three. Were in there, three of them, right? Yep, Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. So automatically, you have two conferences for seven spots in this in this right, and then you have an automatic bid to. Uh, uh, which team was it? Was it uh, Liberty? Was it Liberty? Yeah. Was it Liberty? Yep. Yeah, automatic bid to Liberty. And then you'd have, uh, so that's what, eight, right? Mm-hmm. And then every, every conference, every conference champion, champion every, well, every, every big, you know, group of, uh, power five conference champion gets in. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Texas and, I mean, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't foresee it. You know, creating much parity at all. It's still going to be. You know, spoils of the riches. I. I. I don't know. We'll. We'll see next year. I'm. I'm going to keep an open mind because I think that there were, with, um, there were a lot of factors in it. You know. Yeah. Transfer portal, nil, guys sitting out. I think it's what it's going to do is definitely add more parity. Um, and you're going to have guys playing a lot more. Yeah. If they can improve their draft stock, oh, hey, we get to go to a playoff and we got a chance to win. Now you're going to start seeing teams field uh, full players, unless you got a dude that's in the you know top top five, top six draft spots that might not play because you so, definitely don't want to run the risk. Here you go. And 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 today there was news that came out as to and and it kind of like supports what I'm saying, right? Uh, today, we find out that Isaiah Bond, wide receiver for uh, Alabama, uh, he uh, he went into the transfer portal the other day and and uh, because of Nick Saban saying that he, he was retiring. Today, it came out that he's, uh, he's, joining, um, he's joining Texas as a wide receiver. Isaiah Bond is the one who caught the, the fourth and 31, fourth and goal from the 31 in the Auburn game, yeah. right? The way that we find out is he posts a picture on Instagram or or, or X or whatever it is, uh, and it's a picture of him. Uh, well, he's sitting behind the sitting in the driver's seat 
and he's and he's, he takes a picture of the steering wheel of a Lamborghini and it's Lamborghini Austin. Well, guess what? There aren't any Lamborghini dealerships in Tuscaloosa, you know. <laughs> so so to the you know the the riches that they have there, the support for for these teams, the NIL and transfer portal is it's become like we were mentioning before. It's becoming a, a pro sport. People are getting paid to play when it wasn't meant to be paid for play. Uh, and it's and it's common practice for the players at uh, at Texas getting Lamborghinis. You know, eighteen to twenty two year olds getting a Lamb- getting a brand new Lamborghini. Here's why I'm not upset booster. with that. Though. Here's why I'm not upset <laughs> with that. Because and you can't hate on them for it. Well, but. well, but but here's why I'm not upset with that because there are guys that ain't strapping up, making millions and millions of dollars off of these dudes, and they can yeah. barely eat a damn hamburger. Right. This is you true. Know what I'm saying. So I'm not upset at all. Buy buy Bentleys, buy as many cars as you can. Go buy property. I don't care. Until they can fix the problem where you got grown ass men getting making millions. The NCAA raking in billions. The big the Longhorn Network raking in billions of dollars off of these guys' backs. Until you fix that, I don't care. Yeah. You know, and that's I, uh and that goes into one of the supporting uh, ideas we we'll have on on our next topic, right? Yeah. So you know, if we want to get into it uh, now, we can talk about the talk about the coaching madness that has happened uh, over the past week. Yeah, let's jump right into it. Uh, the, I mean, we can we can. Do start we want to with... jump into the to the to the nitty gritty first, or we want to jump? Yeah, into... you know what? Can I can I can I give him his just due? I'm going to do Go it ahead. because I you already know all of this stuff. Um, I mean the goat. The GOAT, Nick Saban, seven natties, seven national titles, 11 SEC titles. I This is why I love this guy. When he took over Alabama in 2007, they won two games. Two games. He hasn't had a losing season since then, and he has not lost more than three games in a season since 2007. The craziness. Craziness. Now... Uh, this is your team, so I'm gonna let you do all the talking because I, you know, I, I can see your eyes welling up a little bit. <laughs> uh, can you see my glass? Do you see what's see what's in that glass right there? Yes, sir. You got the JMO in there. Uh, let's see if I can get the. Yeah, I can't get it to show back, up. Back up a little bit. There you go. You yeah. see that? That that's that's a nice. Is that a middle finger? finger. <laughs> that's a middle finger. <laughs> middle finger ice cube. <laughs> that is a that is a middle finger in this glass here, and. uh I'm gonna drink to that. That's hilarious. <laughs> the, uh, so, yeah. So, Nick Saban, the greatest of all time, by far, the greatest of my time, definitely. Uh, it's it's wonderful for Alabama um, as a fan to not have one but two, the two greatest of all time to do it. Bear Bryant before, and then uh, and then Nick Saban. We were we had one national championship season with Gene Stallings as the as a head coach after after Bear Bryant and between him and Nick Saban and then Nick Saban you know brought us back to above the glory land I guess you could say uh interesting fact is Nick Saban had more number one uh, well not number one but more first round draft picks than he had losses in his time at Alabama yeah yeah that's crazy that's an insane. That is an insane stat. Um, I don't care. I don't care who you are. That's that's just insane. When uh, when the news broke about it, 
Um, naturally, everything was rumor this and rumor that. Oh, Nick Saban's out. Nick Saban's out. And automatically, I'm I'm checking my phone trying to figure out, hey, is this true? Is this true? The school was silent on it. They did not mention anything. There was no statements from Nick Saban that had come out. It was Chris Lowe reporting this. And I believe that Chris Lowe actually reported he was retiring uh, one other time before this happened. So naturally, with uh, with with media trying to be the first on the on the jump, I don't know how many times after after Saban came to uh, came to Alabama that we got reports of him retiring or or going to Texas or or whatever. So you 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 know you kind of take it with a grain of salt every time that it comes out. Uh, and I knew it was I knew it was true the moment I saw a statement from Miss Terry, his wife. Uh, talking to Nick's kids, his foundation in Tuscaloosa there. Yeah. And uh, immediately, you know, heart broke. What's next? But thankful, extremely thankful. As somebody that lived through the horrible years before Nick Saban, between Gene Stallings and Nick Saban, uh, somebody who, you know, had such high hopes for a lot of other coaches that were there um, that proved to be just just mediocre. And uh, as a as a Bama fan, I'd like to thank him for what he did for for our organization and and bringing it back to 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 where it belonged. We had a we had a tough few years. What six straight against uh, against Auburn that we lost with Tommy Tuberville? Yeah, uh, something like that. Uh, just insane. It was like, man, I'm I'm dreading the Iron Bowl again. They're going to catch up to us in the winds, and uh, and dang near tr- they tried to do it for sure. But it was, uh, like I said, it was it was heartbreaking and bittersweet, and uh, just knowing that you know, seeing greatness firsthand, you you don't see this often in a lifetime, uh, a run like this. Um, born at the end of Bear Bryant's reign, and uh, the last uh, last national championship that Bear Bryant had was in '79. Um, another interesting and awesome stat about Nick Saban, every single one of his four-year uh, recruiting classes won a national ch- national title. Yeah, that's insane. That it's, is nuts. I mean, if anybody could come out and say, hey, you come here, you're going to win a natty, and it would be him. Then what a recruiting tool that could be. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, the the one thing that I that I will say, of course, not really I, I'm a I'm a football fan. I love college football. Um, you know, yeah, I am a USC football fan, but I I love football as a whole. Um and there has never I, I've never not had respect for for uh Coach Saban. If you, you you talk about the the first round picks, and the only one that I can really think of, well, I mean, Mark Ingram had some some problems too, but um, was Henry Ruggs. That's the only one that I I could think of that had some negative press, and and yeah. it's horrible what happened um, in his situation. But every single one of those dudes, um, whether it's uh, Jalen Hurts or uh, Tua. Um, uh, 
Devontae Smith. I mean, all those dudes are just quality dudes, and and they credit Nick Saban for helping them become better men. Um, you you don't hear that about a lot of coaches, um, especially in today's era. It's you know the coaches, uh, just kind of there to to steer the ship, and players are you know and keep the players kind of out of the news. <laughs> um, yeah. but well, uh, Greg McElroy. Uh, he, he was asked, uh, he was asked about his, uh, his time with coach Saban and, and, uh, one of the things that he said, it really, it really stood out to me, uh, having read his leadership book, like I was mentioning before the, before the podcast. Um, but Nick Saban had a way of curtailing how he needed to coach and lead each individual. Uh, able to get on their level. And uh, it wasn't just what he, what you see in the media, how hard he, hard nosed he is or, or whatever. It was, uh, you know, he, Greg McElroy said, that, Hey, he was, he was a fun guy to be around. He'd yeah. joke around with you, play, you know, tricks on you and everything else. And, and, and that's the stuff that you don't see. And, uh, you know, being being able to get down on 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 the level of who it is that you're leading individually, uh, that's a that's a that's a talent right there. Yeah. Um, that's something that I tried to do in my career as a military. In the military, was just you know treat everyone different but the same. You know, uh, lead how I how I needed to for each individual, and I took a lot of that uh, after reading his reading his book on leadership and. Uh, Fantastic coach, fantastic guy, fantastic influence on on these young men, and uh, and a tremendous steward for the game of football. Hundred percent. And I hope, and I don't think I hope, and I don't think it's going to end here. I think it's just a new era. Yeah, and and I mean, we'll dive a little bit more into that with what we talked about earlier. But I was just reading something, and. I mean, the, that that's the first head of the three-headed monster. I mean, yeah. two freaking days of just chaos. Um, 24 hours. Yeah. Within 24 hours. It was, it was nuts. But between those three coaches, Pete Carroll, Nick Saban, and Bill Belichick, all three of them combined, 84 years of coaching, uh, 918 total wins, seven Super Bowls, nine national championships. That's insane. Like, yeah. Those three coaches alone are taking so much with them from this game, and, and have given so much. To all them. the all the experience, and that's not even that's not even mentioning how many Super Bowls and national championships that that they got to and and didn't win. Right. You or know? and that that is a feat in of itself too. Or how many of their um, their assistants became mm-hmm. head coaches and coordinators. And and have gone to these these games. It's it's insane. Exactly. It's nuts. I I, I want to and I want to get back on to um, Coach Saban in just a second. But uh, kind of like you with with Pete Carroll and what he did for USC. I mean, I won't talk about the one that got away from us because of the Reggie Bush situation. <laughs> but I mean, three straight national championships. Uh, yeah. Rose Bowl championships, Orange Bowl championships, seven Pac-10 championships. 
Um, I think he might have had four Heisman Trophy winners under his belt, maybe three. A lot. Um, That's definitely. Yeah. I I mean, nowhere near the amount of coaches Coach of the Year awards as Nick Saban, but I mean, Coach Saban is the goat. So, uh, you know what <laughs> what can you what can you say? Um, well, you can't uh, can't deny. Hey, I mean, the impact that Pete Carroll had on the game in the early 2000s, especially. Yeah. Uh, just you know, the amount of the amount of of talent that came out of there and went through the you know changing up the game a lot. The game went from being, you know, hard nosed, you know, pound the ball football, and then Pete Carroll comes out and and next thing you know, we're having to we're having to do a heck of a lot more than just pound it. And yeah. what do we got? What are we going to protect here on, yeah. against his team? He, the guy made you. The guy made you hate. If you weren't a, uh, S, a USC fan, he made you hate USC. I'm tired of hearing about USC. <laughs> I mean, he had, cool, the same, had the same visceral. Had the same visceral uh, uh, outcome on non fans uh, as Nick Saban had on on non fans of Alabama. Yeah, of course, of course, and and not only did he do it at SC, but he did it at Seattle too. Um, he did it at Seattle too. And and I'll say this real quick before I tell you the best stat: when he was coaching at SC, he never had to lose a season, which is incredible. Uh, but he is one of three head coaches to win a national championship in college football and a Super Bowl. Can you name the other two? Holy crap. Oh, man. I can't think of it. I, I really yeah. don't know. Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer. Jimmy Johnson was uh, the one that was going to be on my mind. I, I, and Barry Switzer. How about yeah. that? Where, yeah. where did Barry Switzer win it at? Huh? I, I believe Oklahoma State, if I'm not mistaken. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. I, hold on. I might be wrong. I know Jimmy Johnson won it at... Uh, he wanted Miami. Miami, yeah, and then and and then with the Cowboys, Barry Switzer. I think it was Oklahoma. Yeah, he yeah. wanted Oklahoma, not Oklahoma State. Yep. And that's and that's insane. That's a that is an awesome thing. You know, Nick Saban didn't do it in the in the pros, but it's a it's a totally against his uh, his coaching style in the pros, and that's uh, and it goes into uh, you know one of my one of my other topics uh, that I want to discuss whenever we want to talk about it. You know. What are the reasons that he that he maybe made this decision? No, go ahead, jump right into it. Yeah, so it was a it was a a complete surprise for for us fans. Um, it was the day prior to announcing his retirement. He was interviewing defensive coordinators, right? The morning of his retirement, he was interviewing wide receivers coaches. It came down to it, it, you listen to his interview. Uh, that he had on ESPN, it came down to five minutes before the, his team meeting. Which speech is he going to have for the team? Was I going to? Was he going to come in there and talk about what's uh, what's the what's next and and off you know off season preparations and stuff like that, or was he going to come in there and talk about you know hanging his hat up? Yeah. And uh, can you imagine that that uh, that weighing so heavily on him and 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 then being a workaholic like he is, uh, coaching to the very end, the, the very end. The very end. It makes you wonder if he actually made the decision or if somebody may have just, you know, because I know he loves those kids. 
Um, Miss Terry loves those kids. He loved what he, what he was doing. But honestly, I, I have to wonder if just the state of the game changing so much with what we talked about with NIL, um, and transfer portal stuff, is it just too much for too much change for him right now to be dealing with actively? You know, the dude's yeah. early seventies and, and it's, it's hard for him with his coaching style to be able to reach somebody that has one foot out the door. You know what yeah, I'm saying? And, it's not, uh, one of the things that he, he that he made mention of when he was at when he was at Miami was the uh, the amount of the amount of control it has over the over the players. The players don't uh, they don't you know they think more individually as opposed to team team mentality. Right. Uh, and he's a very big team mentality uh, type of person, type of leader. Um, and I think now. He says it's not. Uh, he says it's not the change of the game. It's not the. It's not the new playoff system. It's not the NIL, and it's not because he believes everybody should adjust. But I think that that. I I think personally that it had a lot to do on it. Uh, I if this were five or ten years ago that it's changing this much and and this rapidly, I don't think that he. I don't think that he retires. If he was a five or ten years younger. Of course. Uh, of course. Um, but that uh, that being said, I I believe that it it had a a lot to do with it um you know just you're chasing your players to try to stay uh you're chasing new recruits to try to come in and and Alabama wasn't big on Alabama had actually come out and said hey we're we're not as a as a school we're not paying you if you want to come to this school and and be a part of this winning tradition and uh, and then create opportunities for yourself through the NIL and and get out there for your name, image, and likeness alone, then we we support this one hundred percent. But we're not getting we're not trying to get our boosters to come in and pay you. And how much of that I was done behind their backs or or did they know about? It? I don't know. Yeah. You know, like like anywhere. Um, but uh, as opposed to you know teams like like Texas A and M, the 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 assistant coach. Being caught on camera, hey, you see that booth up there? That's where that's where you're going to get all your money from. You know, yeah. Those are those are the guys that are going to pay you if you come here to Texas A and M. And and you know, and then today with uh, with Bond behind the behind the 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 wheel of a Lamborghini. Yeah. And you know, in in Texas, you didn't really see that from from Alabama uh, a lot. And and I don't know. I don't know how much was there. Was there some of it? I'm sure that there was. One thing that was big about about Saban was recruiting, uh, recruiting people to come in that wanted to win and do it the right way. Yeah, um, and quality young and, men too. Don't forget that. And quality quality young men and have the have the the right uh, the right morals want to want to develop into you know the right uh, the right kind of characters characteristics and and uh, and and then putting you know the school and the team first and and everything else and uh, what's going to make you a better you? Yeah, if, you know, as opposed to making the money. With that and, said, right there, I I have to say this: it wasn't just about that with the players. I mean, you you think about two coaches got fired from USC. One um, had a real bad alcohol problem, Sarkeesian. Yeah. And and Nick Saban took both of those guys in and put them in in a consultant role, and mentored them, and really really changed 
the trajectory of their careers as well. I mean, yeah. Look at look at what uh, Kiffin is doing in Ole Miss. You know, these guys right. got high power, high profile jobs after losing a high profile job, and they're succeeding. I mean, yeah. You know, Sarkeesian's been in the role for what three and a half years, maybe four years, and he's already made it to the the playoff. You know, yeah. and this is, Kiffin uh, Kiffin is what, not his far off. Second, third year. Actually. Yeah, third year. Yeah, Kiffin is not far off. I mean. Uh, Ole Miss was right there, you know. Yeah, could have could have easily got it done. Yeah, a couple a couple of bad snaps away from, you know, being there, and yeah, that that's another testament to the 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 man that Coach Saban is. You know how how many coaches do you hear are willing to give another grown man that fumbled the bag, you know the, the you know he's going to stick his neck out. You don't hear that. Yeah, you don't you, hear about you don't. That. And 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 you hear quite the opposite. Oh, we got to stay away from this. Exactly. Yep. Uh, and uh, and Coach Saban was the one. That, hey, let's listen. Let's embrace them and and try to try to you know bring them in and and teach them teach them these things. Characters like Butch Jones was on the on the on the team for a while there. Uh, and I mean, he was the guy was uh, the guy was kind of an outcast after after Tennessee. Uh, and then uh, so. For Nick Saban to stick his neck out there and and put him on the team as a, as a consultant and in, and then going into into a little bit more uh, better roles and stuff like that, and using his football talent, uh, his football IQ, and then you know trying to make them uh, be a better version of themselves. Yeah, go out and 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 have winning football and and building you know character for those around you and and your players. And yeah. building opportunities for those around you and their players, and that's that's all that these coaches have have done. That's the main things that they, that they take away from it, uh, and that goes into you know what's next for Saban. Uh, you know he's he's got an office in Bryant. They just moved him from the Malmore training facility over to Bear Bryant Stadium. He's got an office there now. Yeah. So what what does this mean? You know you don't hear of these opportunities for coaches that are retiring or leaving or leaving places, not saying that he doesn't deserve it, but what does, what exactly does that mean? What kind of role for the university of Alabama does he have now? Yeah. Is it, is it a coach of a coach role? I don't know. Is it a, um, is it a recruiting tool? Probably. Of course. Uh, you got access and, to coach uh, Saban. You got access to coach Saban, you know, uh, the new coach at Alabama, holy, I, I, I was excited for this, uh, for this one in, in certain ways, in certain ways, kind of, you know, a little hesitant. Uh, and, uh, DeBauer, he's, he's a, he's a really good coach, but how is he going to be in a recruiting base, uh, that he's never recruited in really? Here's the thing. And this is something that I, I never understood why, especially SEC coaches, but mostly big 10 coaches. Mm -hmm. If you look at some of the the top tier position players, where they come from, you know, a lot yeah. of them they're not they're not coming from Mississippi. They're not coming. Yeah, from a lot of them are. A lot of them are out west. Yeah, and 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 he sat in these living rooms. He's got rapport yeah. with a lot of these high school coaches at Bishop Gorman and um, modern day. You know. Um, I can't think of the the name of the school up in Seattle that that I mean they got a lot of NBA players and NFL players that that come out of those schools, it, you know he he sat in these living rooms and even out here in Arizona, where 
U- University of Arizona and Arizona State are missing out on some of these top tier kids. The school the Brock Purdy graduated from the school that my daughter graduates from this year. And, mm-hmm. and within a five mile radius, you got four and five star kids coming out of Hamilton High School, Chandler High School, yeah. Basha High School, Perry High School. I always hear about Hamilton, man. Yeah. I always hear about Hamilton. Campo Verde. I mean, this, this, these schools are within a five mile radius of each other. I've watched all these kids grow up playing Pop Warner out here. He has access to that from out here. So, of course. And I think that was, I think that's why he was, a, and, you know, we mentioned it last week, how I was like, I, I hope they don't try to find somebody that's just like a knockoff Nick Saban, you, no. you know, whenever he, whenever he left, whenever, because for years they hung to, we need the Bear Bryant, Bear Bryant tree. And, and then we finally got Nick Saban. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I was, I was hoping that, you know, we don't just, just lean on those saving disciples, if you will. Um, and I was, I was kind of excited when I hear DeBar comes, I mean, he, he wouldn't have been my first pick, but he, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be good. I, think I, I really do. Too. I think, I think he's, a, I think he's an excellent coach. He's, he's got a winning tradition that follows him. The guy had like a huge, a huge thing. What was it? It was, uh. 24 and 12 or something yep. like that 104 104 and 12 104 and 12 two and one in and bowl games i mean the guys the guys the guys great when it comes to coaching the, and, the crazy uh, thing and, though is he's won at every freaking level one at every level and i'll tell you something that 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 i think is awesome um uh, just saw the news on it uh whenever we just started the 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 uh the recording here ryan grubbs his offensive coordinator is going to be coming with him that's yeah, that's wild. And and we targeted Ryan Grubbs as uh as a replacement for uh for Bill O'Brien. Yeah, that's so I, I think that's that's fantastic. I'm excited to see what they're gonna do with this offense and and see, you know, see the pieces that stay that that you know stay and leave, figure out what's what's what. I mean, any 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 young wide receiver or quarterback should be excited to come into this system. Oh, it's about to be crazy. I mean, just this year alone, dude's won. He won every single Coach of the Year award you could win. Uh, yeah, what was it? All but, all but two, right? No, he, he won all He won two. every one of them. Because, uh, because Florida State's head coach won the Bear Bryant, I believe. Uh, you're right. You're right. Yep. So he got the, I mean, uh, Pac-12 Coach of the Year, AP Coach of the Year, which mm-hmm. is the important one. The uh, Home Depot. Yep, Eddie Robinson, Home Depot, Sporting News, and Walter Camp. Yeah, so yeah. he didn't get the Bear Bryant. But I mean, Jesus Christ, I want to know what, wh- why didn't he get that? <laughs> right, right, exactly. The, it, makes you, the, it makes you wonder if it's just somebody feeling sorry for Florida State or something. I don't know. Probably, maybe. Yeah, here, here you go. Here's a little consolation prize. <laughs> but, I mean, good job, coach. <laughs> it, it's just, it's it's wild, man. Crazy thing is, as I'm looking at his bio. Dude played baseball in college. Yeah, played baseball in college. He was a. He was a. What was it? It was a. Uh, was was his college? You probably have it right there in front of you. Um, he actually uh, was head coach for them. Yeah, Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls. Yeah, University Sioux of Sioux Falls. Falls. Uh, three national championships with him, I believe. Yep, baseball and football, I guess. But he was he well was... Uh, as a, as a coach. I think he he won three three championships with yep. them. The so so that's. That's awesome. It's and awesome. think about so, this. You know, he's got a winning pedigree. As a head coach in the NAIA, 17-2 and two in the playoffs. Right? That is That's what I'm saying. Dude is awesome. a winner everywhere he went. It's, I mean, 
So as long, I, I just hope that they give him a shot to to stick around. That's uh, that's my thing. Um, you know, he's going to have he's going to be going off of Saban's players, and then going to have to do some stuff in the transfer portal. And he did he he does get out of the transfer portal pretty pretty well. Yeah. Um, he he did that with Washington, and and then uh, he sat there on on Peterson's uh, players and just rest, you know greatly improved them. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was, it was something else. Um, but he, you know, I, I'm excited to see how he does the, the recruiting aspect is one thing that I, I'm, you know, have the question on recruiting in the recruiting base, but like, I'm curious if Nick Saban's role in that office is to kind of give him a little bit more touch in the, in the recruiting base in the area, because Nick Saban knows it extremely well. And he's one heck of a recruiter himself. Yeah. Um, you know, access to him is something that a lot of these kids really, really want. Um, yeah, because he's the guest. I, I mean, he's in their time. I'm looking at his uh, outside of um, University of Sioux Falls, um, Fresno State, and then Washington. Like I said, you know, he he has recruited the heck out of the West Coast, so he's he's got that under lock. I think yeah. where he might have struggles. Um, and and this is probably where Nick Saban comes into play, is trying to relate to people from the South. Yeah. So he's think, he's never he's he has no connections to the South. No. Excuse me, I'm making another ball chain blaster here. There you go. And, with the middle finger but, uh, poking out. With the middle finger poking out there. Thank you, football world. There's the middle finger for you. Nick Saban, you had another two years in you. <laughs> Yeah, no, but no, I'm uh, I'm excited to see it. I I I think you're I think you're right. Like just bringing in some of that West Coast talent. I mean, Nick Saban did did a decent enough job at it, but uh, having that uh, having that connection there in the in the in the area, yeah. and he he's never he's never had any connections down south. He did so much Midwest and and on the coast. Well, I mean, you you talk about. Uh... Nick Saban's recruiting prowess. How in the hell he found Najee Harris out of Martinez, California. And if you know anything right. about Martinez or Pittsburgh, that whole area right there is yeah. super tiny. It's yeah. really, really tiny. And, um, and found a, a a top a top runner from there. Oh my goodness, yeah. Najee Harris. Like well, how um, how do you even get over to? I mean, he went to Antioch High School, and and if you like. The population of Antioch compared to some of the cities around it, um, Oakland, San Francisco, San Jose, um, Berkeley, Vallejo. There's some mm-hmm. bigger cities around Antioch. How did he pluck that one kid out of there? You, you right. know what I mean? Like, it, how so, did you know that he was he was going to be the one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how did you, how did you know this was Neo? So I mean, now I'm <laughs> just scared. I'm just scared that it, you know. Bam, I don't think Bama's going to lose a step. I uh, yeah, I hope not. Um, I think that there's going to be a little bit of uncertainty to begin with, for sure. Like with any kind of coaching change, um, I'm hoping that the uh, NIL and transfer portal doesn't doesn't hurt them like that. But did you notice if you look at the transfer portal, how many Washington kids, receivers, tight ends, heck, they're one of their up and coming quarterbacks entered the transfer portal as soon as he left. And did you see that Arch Manning hit the transfer portal today? 
I did not. Nope. I have not yeah. paid attention to very many. Yeah. Um, whoa. Yeah. Top recruit, uh, top QB out of Washington, Austin Mack. Yeah. Austin Mack. But now is he, is he coming? It doesn't, it if doesn't he's say. coming, like if he, if he's coming to Alabama, is, I mean, with the, with the addition of Brian Grubbs in, in Alabama, wouldn't it make sense? It really would, but I'm seeing a lot of defensive players leaving Bama. Yep, there's a there's been there've been a, quite a few that have uh, that have dropped in there. But yeah, uh, and Ethan Barr, Will Rogers, is is mm-hmm. coming from Washington. But didn't he just get to Washington? I, I think so. Yeah, he's leaving. Cornerback um, Jabbar Muhammad. That's gonna be crazy. Yeah. If we can, if we can, if we can snipe some of those, uh, some of those corners that are in there, there's a, like the like top corner and co- and top safety, I believe. Yep. Uh, leaving out of uh, leaving out of Washington, if we can, if we can get those guys in there. Well, a lot have, of those corners uh, that, that we talked about last week are the, the Javion yeah. uh, Javion Green is in the transfer portal. Um, Austin. And that brings me to brings me to who's who's the defensive coordinator going to be. The defensive yeah. coordinator now, uh, whoever he picks, is going to be the big, the big thing, right? It, it, who is that hire? What kind of defense are we going to have? Are we going to have? Uh, are we going to have a ball hawking defense? Are we going to have a hey, you're not going anywhere on me type of defense? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that we're that we're typically used to in uh, in the SEC, uh, especially in Alabama, but we hadn't we hadn't really had that in in a few years now yeah i don't i mean honestly i I don't think it's still so early um yeah in the offseason and like you you just mentioned that you know with any coaching change or any significant change there there might be some lag but i think alabama did it right in getting you know getting somebody in there right away let this dude get over here his season's over um, you know, smooth transition getting over there. You got a month before yeah. um national signing day. So let's get to it. And I'll tell you the uh the one of the most more disheartening things uh we when we're thinking about players from this coaching change is uh, uh you see a lot of a lot of speculation about Jalen Milrow hitting transfer portal. Yeah. Um like I said, this kid is—he's infectious, has an infectious attitude. But if he's going to be competing with uh, with those like Arch Manning or or uh, the the kid from Washington, you know, these guys that are pocket passers in a pocket passers type of uh, type of offense, um, with their their accuracy and everything, is it going to, you know? push him towards the portal or is it going to, is it going to be, uh, am I going to stick it out and, and compete, you know? Yep. And here's why I think he'll stick it out. Um, because Saban's close. Saban's, Saban's close. still going to be there. Do you remember, um, that national championship that Bama won when Tua came in? Yeah. Of, oh yes, of course. Of course. And then this, it, course. the roles were reversed. What the next year, the, uh, the year after that, Yep. When uh, Jalen Hurts, when Jalen Hurts had to come in and and won the uh, won the SEC, yeah. So that's I mean those are the things that real leaders push. You know I mean we, yeah. I, I don't want to 
uh, compare being a leader of soldiers to being a head coach, but it's, it's, it's pretty parallel. Um, you know, you, you have people that want to give up when you take over a squad or a platoon. Um, yeah. Are they, then, are they become, become hesitant to change and, yeah. and not embrace it and not understand what the leaders are going for? Exactly. Um, when you so, got a, tr- and when you have a track record of um, building trust and being trustworthy with your soldiers, um, those soldiers that don't know you will stick around and and see it through. Like, okay, you know, I this guy, he he's never given me a bad vibe. He, you know, my the my other lower enlisted folks love this dude. I'm gonna give him a yeah. chance, you know, and I'm gonna trust him. I'm gonna let my guard down, and I think that that's because. Nick Saban is sticking around and he can probably guide um, Jalen Milrow into saying, hey, get your ass out there and compete. There was a reason you came to the University of Alabama. You didn't come here to leave. You know, you came here to compete. I'm going to get you to where you want to go, but you got to put the work in and not give up. And I think that's what he's going to do. Hey, do you remember, um, it it just kind of reminded me of uh, Army days. Uh, Remember uh, Gurley? Yeah. From Korea? Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I had gotten a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, responsibility in the tech team, uh, when we were there and, and then all of a sudden they, they, they wanted to throw Gurley into the mix, uh, take over the tech team and all the soldiers were, they just absolutely hated it, absolutely hated it. And, uh, and I'm like, come on, it's, you know, it's the army. We, we gotta, we gotta do what we're supposed to do. Yeah, he had a, a totally different leadership style, uh, and uh, and it was not what they were used to. Uh, tech team ruled the day back then, right? Yeah. And uh, and uh, I had to be because I was ultimately the leader there for the tech teams. I had to, you know, I had to, I had to step it up and say, "Hey, look, we're gonna we're gonna go out here and we're gonna do this." And I wound up being the middleman for uh for them and it sucked so bad you know but uh but you know the leadership change like that is something that a good uh, being a good leader uh, being a good uh middleman i guess you could say uh is going to be important inside those that locker room uh, now hey look you know the people that the that the the kids that these that they're they're looking up to the leaders in that locker room, um, it's going to take some good leaders to come in and 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 buy in first, and uh, and buy into the change, and embrace it and and get these get these young players on board. Kind of kind of similar to what I I was trying to have to do there all the time, uh, whenever that change happened and. Uh, uh, just went off on a little tangent there. Just kind of remind me of that situation, um, and you know that uh, that struggle for those those leaders in the in that room. I understand it, and it's, it's something they need to step up and do, even through like all the all the tough times and have those difficult conversations with uh, with those players, and then in turn having the difficult conversation with the coaches that are coming in, right? And you know, explaining to them, hey, look, this is this is what the players are thinking and uh, and be an advocate for both of them that's uh that's going to be something that, that they're going to be challenged with well and i i, I mean 
you know, I think Coach Shabor, he he'll be fine. You know, coming so coming from University of Sioux Falls, man. And, you know, to to step into um a big, big role, like the yeah. head coach at at uh well, first, I mean Fresno State, you know. Yeah. It, that Fresno State is not a slouch school. Uh, no. they they used to be pretty tight. But you know, that to go into Washington and just do as well as he did, I think he's 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 built his reputation and he and he's gonna um I think he has the trust of those kids. And and it's evident in the fact that more kids haven't jumped into the transfer portal. Yeah. And I know it's yeah, still it, early, definitely but. Definitely. It is. It is still. They. I mean, they still have a little bit of time, I believe. But it uh, and it, and it's set and it's a, it's a real testament to who he is as a coach. You know, uh, given these opportunities, uh, so many, you know, great changes and opportunities, increased opportunities in such a short amount of time, I, I guess you could say um, it really stands a testament of what he's able to accomplish, you know, 100%. and uh, hopefully these hopefully these kids see that. And they and they buy into it and and you know, hey, let's let's go hundred percent into into what he's saying and what he's wanting to do. So what do you what do you predict first year? Oh goodness. Um so talent wise, talent wise, with the talent that we have, uh, if nothing were to change with the talent that we have, I think that we could win the SEC. Um, but if you look at Alabama's schedule this, this coming year, it is a tough one. That's it right. is a tough one. Um, well, hold we that got, thought, got, hold that thought. I'm going to, I'm going to look up their schedule here in a second. Go ahead. Okay. So looking at, at Bama's schedule season starts for them, August 31st, Yep. they start oh, out wow. with Western Kentucky. Mm-hmm. This is of crazy. Western Kentucky. Yeah, then and they then, got and then US USF on uh their home to home, so they have them at home this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Then they gotta go up to Wisconsin. Yeah. Get beat up on up there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm hoping not, but it's it's gonna be a it's it's definitely a different one, right? Mm-hmm. You uh go and play in home and home. Uh Bama played uh, home and home with Penn State in uh and some of uh oh uh Paterno's last years there. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Paterno's last ho- last loss came from Alabama. Wow! It, it up in uh, College Station at, at College Station. Wow! So uh, after that Wisconsin game, and and again, this is where I have a big problem with the SEC. Mm-hmm. They got a bye, and then they got a big game primetime against Georgia. Have Georgia. Uh, and then they got an easy game at Vanderbilt. Maybe. Yeah, you know that's going to be easy. <laughs> South Carolina, Tennessee, Missouri, and then they got a bye, and they got to go to Jeff uh, Valley. Yep. And then Mercer. You have Mercer. <laughs> and uh, and that's something that we, uh, you know, we don't like either. But it uh, it kind of stemmed from, uh, from the years of where we had, like, Back to back to back to back, like tough SEC opponents that would schedule their bye games a week before Alabama. I mean, I understand that. I understand the strategy of it. 
There's a lot of a lot. Awesome I mean, strategy. A lot of line is there's a lot of money in yeah. college football. So of course, you know, you're gonna do what you gotta do. And and the amount of maintain. money that Mercer's that Mercer's gonna make off of that game is just right. it's 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 crazy. You know, uh taking those games away from from teams like that. Uh it it's uh taking those games away is it's a you know, it's a it's a big hit on their budgets. Right. And I'm all for them, but I don't yeah. think those wins should count towards bowl eligibility. <laughs> if you're going to play those games, I don't think that they should count towards bowl eligibility. And that's with any school. I'm not, you know, I'm not just harping yeah. on that, but I mean, I, I look at, I look at stuff like that and yeah, the, I mean, with it, with Oklahoma and Texas coming in and then, you know, you had Mizzou and A&M come in a few years ago. Yeah. It does make it a little bit tougher and those typically would be out of conference games, but now they're not. But, yeah. you know, when you start the season out with Western Kentucky, yeah, like uh, that. That's that's one win. South Florida, and that's a, you know, and and like you were like we're talking about, you know, you have uh, you have some of these teams that you know take six games to get bowl eligible, and first three games, hey, they're going to be wins. Yeah, you know, and uh, and I mean that not that's not necessarily the case here with uh, with Wisconsin being the third game for Alabama, and then following with Georgia, but then you have Vanderbilt uh, at Vanderbilt. Uh, so, but it's. You know, it's uh, it 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 does seem easy in in some aspects, but this is a tough schedule. No, it's a definitely really tough schedule if you look at it. As I as I do look at it, I mean, aside from those few games, Wisconsin, up at Wis- at Wisconsin, at Oklahoma, yeah. Um, then you got to go to Tennessee, mm-hmm. and you're playing at LSU. So yeah, yeah, that is that is a rock solid schedule. And and especially you've got a new coach coming in, mm-hmm. you know, you, are the players bought into the uh, to the game style? Are the fans bought into the game style? Is it you know, it, it, a whole lot of ifs in there. Uh, a tough schedule for this one, and especially with the expansion having Oklahoma and Texas coming in this year. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's going to be fun. I, I'm I'm anxious to see, and I think that that was probably what played into such a quick hiring. Also, you know, aside from recruiting. Yeah, getting these guys ready to to compete in, you know, an ever changing and now more competitive SEC. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so definitely. I mean, I'm I'm anxious uh, to see, but um, I you know when it we'll talk about the the third head of that three headed monster coaching, yeah, um, coaching situation that happened this week that was just crazy. Um, Bill Belichick and and I, while I re- again I respect Coach Belichick, um, I'm still bitter from 2002. <laughs> that, that, that damn Tuck Rule game that that took yeah. the Raiders out of Super Bowl contention. Yeah, um, I, I have not liked Bill Belichick or the New England Patriots since then, and I hated Tom Brady until he left. Yeah, definitely. I uh I I'm the same way. Uh I hate a lot of uh it seems like a lot of a lot of rules came out of Brady and Belichick that took a lot of the toughness away from football. Yeah. Um but you have to respect nobody in the right mind uh would uh would say that Belichick's a horrible horrible coach of course and not. disrespect the uh the the uh the things that he has done as a coach um 
there's a lot of question in it. You know, is Belichick as as good without Brady? You know, yeah, uh, a lot of that question there. Um, was Brady overrated? I could sit there and tell you how much I think he's overrated personally, but you know, that's a personal opinion of mine. Um, but no doubt how smart he is. Right. But, uh, Belichick, he really, he really put a, a big hatred in a lot of football fans, uh, minds with the Patriots. Yeah, of course. Of course. And this, you know, uh, when you're on top, you want to take the take the king down, yeah. right? Well, you gotta remember, I'm a, I'm a USC football fan, so yeah, you know, yeah, late '90s, 2000s, um, I I caught a lot of it, <laughs> and when when SC yeah. when uh, when SC got those sanctions, I had so many people laughing at me, and you know, Arizona State University football fans were talking crap. Um, you know, like, I was uh, I was I was actually kind of I was actually kind of happy for Arizona State whenever they got uh, they got Herm Edwards there, and I was like, man, this is that's actually a pretty good little hire. I like that. Yeah, I was too. I actually was too. And then I, I mean, I, I talked to a buddy of mine, and we'll get back on Belichick here in a second. But I talked to a good buddy of mine that um, typical Arizona sports fan. When they're doing good, I got the flags out. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm posting. When they're doing bad. You know, kind of sink back into the bushes like Homer Simpson. Yeah. Right. Um, but we're we were talking about it, and I told him it doesn't matter. They you you could have any coach you want over here. Nick Saban could come to Arizona State tomorrow, but until leadership changes the culture of that program, they're just going to be shit. Yeah. Um, I'll have to send you the video. But there was a video circulating from a couple years ago when um, when Jaden Daniels transfer got jumped in the transfer portal and went to LSU, and uh, there was a bunch of his teammates that were just you know raiding his locker, talking crap about him on video. They recorded a video about it, and you know, oh, he sucks anyway, this and that, and and I'm just thinking to myself like, if I was a coach and I got wind of that. Every single one of those players that was in that video, I don't give a damn if if you weren't even a part of it. If I see you in the video, right, and you didn't say something or bring it up, uh, you're gone. You're off this team. And, and until yeah. they change that culture, like they're they're always they're going to be, you know, they're going to be shitty. They're going to the Big Twelve. They're not going to do any better. Yeah, it just it, it, it's and and that's a that's one of the things that like, I was. Another thing that I was extremely happy about, you know, with with Saban bringing in the right culture and changing the the cultural mindset of of the organization in Alabama and and what uh, and even for a lot of fans, uh, not to say that a lot of the fans weren't, you know, overly <laughs> overly excited and excitable about the the things that are going on there and and overly confident and and this that, and the other. I I. Constantly what, get into fans, yeah, Bama. Well, I mean, but, why yeah. why wouldn't they be? The guy never yeah, exactly. lost more than three games in the entire time he was there. Exactly. Uh, however, a lot of them were disillusioned uh, so much to not be able to admit all the all the downfalls, all the all the negatives that uh, that the, that was there. You know, yeah. Um, 
and and that's I mean that's that's fandom I guess you could say you know it, it is it is what it is I guess yeah um, but uh, we definitely had a lot of those but one thing that I would say is if you if you went to an Alabama game a lot of a lot of a lot of fans from other teams were quite impressed with how Alabama fans treated them while they were there as opposed to you know you get the I hate it, but Raiders fans, man, you go to a game with Raiders fans there. Right? Oh, oh man, have you gone? Did you ever go to a game in Oakland? I, I did not. I, uh, I I did not. I I can only imagine in Oakland. <laughs> no, it, I mean, and and of course I deal with this, and I got to hear it all the time. Um, because of that stigma, ninety nine percent of the time it's like I go into like the Raiders would play here in Arizona. Um, in the preseason and I would yeah. go to every game like the USC would have a home game and then I'd mm-hmm. have to get right back to Phoenix for uh, a, a preseason game on a Sunday and because I knew the Raiders were coming to town and I can yeah. assure you that all of the Raider fans that I was tailgating with were super calm it was always yeah. other fans you know coming up yelling trying to trying to antagonize um, now, am I saying that Raider fans are perfect? Of course not. But if you go, if you would have gone like in in, in Oakland, you can ask yeah. anybody, find somebody that's gone to a home game that went to a home game in Oakland. And the hospitality there was amazing. Nobody, there nice. were no fights at, at you know, a, a game. If you saw a Raider fan in a fight, it was usually in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, he, uh, he, he's season ticket owner in San Francisco and, uh, and he, he talks often about his uh, his experiences in in San Francisco and and uh, and then one of those being Raiders experiences and stuff like that and you know yeah I, I'm um, I'm telling you like being a Raider fan and and getting that that unfair criticism um, if you talk to any of those goofies that are aggressive they don't know who yeah. the starting quarterback is they can't tell you oh, who yeah. the backup quarterback is. And every every fan base has it, you know. Uh, if you if you ever listen to um, as an Alabama fan, if you ever listen to Paul Feinbaum, uh, I don't oh listen to Paul gosh. Feinbaum. No, I don't anymore. I, I I can't. I can only take so much of Paul Feinbaum, and before I'm like, yeah, I gotta turn this off. And uh, and but like some of the people that that call in there, hey, Paul, I'm yeah. telling you, Alabama's gonna kick everybody's tails. They gonna freaking go out here and. <laughs> It's like, how did really? you even figure out how to use your phone, buddy? Right, right. And yeah, uh, that I was mean, one of those things. I I stopped listening to Feinbaum. He, you know, there there's some takes that of his that I'm like, okay, this is a good take. This is a good take. Uh, kind of the same with Colin Coward. You know what? You know, take what it is. You know, grain of salt. And then there's some takes, and then he has uh, he has good. Uh, you know, he's quick on getting the messages and stuff, but. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's what I usually would take it for. Yeah, uh, this is entertainment. Anybody like that 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 always thinks that their take is right, like I, I've never heard him, Jim Rome, Stephen A. Smith, yeah. um, Feinbaum. I've never ever heard them admit that they were wrong. Ever. Exactly. You know. Exactly. They they Skip but Bayless. but they will. Skip Bayless is Skip like Bayless. the worst. <laughs> yeah. But they will always tell you. Hey, remember back in 2002, January, yeah. I said this? They'll right. never remember when they were wrong. Exactly. Exactly. So, 
Yeah, you know, and when when Feinbaum has those callers, like I used to, I used to have to watch the clips on YouTube, and I just like, oh. and I'm sure we'll have a conversation <laughs> about this when we get a little bit deeper. Today it was just about yep. all of the football happenings, but um, a joke with my my daughter, she hates when I say stuff like this, but um, I, I one of my really really close friends is from England. Mm-hmm. And I I always think about like the southern accent, yeah, is like the most low IQ sound <laughs> I could possibly hear. <laughs> no matter how smart this dude could have four PhDs, man, you gotta be accent. hating it when you're talking to me. No, nah, man, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and then the British accent, you could be the dumbest Brit ever, but you have a, a British accent. Sounds so smart. And sounds eloquent. so smart. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no there the 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 economy of word usage is is on point. They never ever. I mean, they might say literally like 57 times literally in a, <laughs> in a conversation, but <laughs> you know, it's if I I could hear a neuroscientist with a with a southern accent, I'm just like, oh, this dumb fuck. <laughs> 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 so that's I, that's one big reason why I had to stop listening to Feinbaum because it's like, yeah. come on, man. I mean, it, it gets it gets annoying even for me. Uh, I'm like, God, I can't listen to this anymore. Uh, <laughs> and 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 it's and it's you know three hours of people calling in, giving their crazy wild deep South, you know, freaking ideas and everything. I'm like, ah, I'm I'm kind of done with this now. <laughs> I will tell you though, my favorite 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 call, and you already know where I'm going. Um, <sighs> Was when the old boy called in about Tumor's Corner. Yeah, about the trees. <laughs> oh. trees. oh my God, dude! I I, well, I tell you that. what I did. I went down to Tumor's Corner and I poisoned these trees. <laughs> oh my gosh! Really? Really? That was probably really? my favorite of all of the phone calls <laughs> I've ever listened to. I'm just like this dude. Oh. Literally, he just called. It. I'm gonna call and admit that I committed a felony. <laughs> but he and he didn't serve very much time in jail did he uh no i don't think so i think he got hit with like probation and and like a huge fine that he could never pay um and uh i i don't know i don't know what all the outcome with it was but he he had a a very hard life from that point on and i believe he died after like a few years back or whatnot but um, unrelated, I think. I don't think an Auburn fan killed him. Yeah, well, hey, roll <laughs> tide or whatever. <laughs> right. When he said that, uh, I was like, I, I but you just it... killed some trees. And... <laughs> wow. Like, dude, really? Why why would you do this? I don't I don't get it. Uh that was that was the I mean, even even us bound fans was like, why the heck would you go there and and ruin something that's you know Ingrained. I mean, that's extreme. That's yeah. that's quite extreme. Yeah, um, that's that's I, one thing I can always say that that you you might you know people might go over and steal the UCLA bear statue or paint it. Yeah, you know, um, m- you know maroon, or they will go and uh, do all kinds of weird stuff to the Tommy Trojan statue on USC's campus. But they ain't killing no plants or animals or anything like that, you know. Right. 
That that was crazy to me. And and just Feinbaum was he was so unfazed by it. I'm like, is this normal? He completely completely unfazed. He's like, really? <laughs> yeah. And then the trees, the trees are poisoned. They had to they had to take them down. That's <laughs> like, so crazy. You gotta be kidding me, man. But you know, Probably, hey. and that that right there is why I when I hear the southern accent, I'm like, oh. <laughs> it, I hate it whenever they, yeah, somebody somebody really live, lives up to the the southern accent accent and stuff. And I'm like, goodness, how about that? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm I'm taking a uh, I'm taking. We're getting no, we're getting like quite off topic here or whatnot. But like, um, I, I just started my my college classes on Monday this past Monday, and uh, one of my college classes is Southern culture. I had to take a humanities because a lot of my a lot of my previous credits didn't didn't transfer over, uh, so I had to take an, another humanities. And and he's going through the list, and I'm like, I don't want to take this. I don't want to take this. Southern culture. Oh, what's that about? And uh, and he's like, Oh well, uh, I don't know. It's, let's look at the let's look at this and see what the see what the description is. Okay, you know what? Why not? I'll take that. And uh, I'm like. I'm wondering how this class is going to go. And I imagine people are going to love me. Like, you know, I, I think I sent you a text uh, showing you what I, what I put in my first assignment. It's like, so the first assignment was how Dixie are you? Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'm from the heart of Dixie. And, and ultimately my, my thing is I'm living in North Carolina right now. Hey, you have North in the name. You're not South. <laughs> <laughs> so congrats. They they got somebody that's going to be a, abrasive in this class. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I'm anxious to to continue to hear um, as you progress through the class. Uh, but there's there's something with that back to to Coach Belichick. Um, yeah. Something that I thought was crazy interesting is with um, these three coaches and and the mm-hmm. ties. Um, as I'm looking at the coaching tree and of course, um, had no clue, had no clue that Nick Saban had coached under Belichick, yeah. Yeah, um, the Browns. Yeah. Uh, they, they're longtime friends. Uh, they, uh, uh, I think they, they met when, uh, was it? Saban's dad was coaching at at Navy or something like that. I can't remember. Um, but uh, but Bill Belichick was the one that got Saban's career really started. Um, and uh, he took a he took a lot uh, from Belichick in in ways of leadership and and uh, and coaching style and everything like that. And that's that's an interesting. There's actually an interesting documentary. Um, if you look it up, uh, I think it's like a 30 for 30 or something, um, talking about the relationship of Nick Saban and, and Bill Belichick. Yeah. They're, uh, they're kind of, they're kind of sitting in, in like in Bill Belichick's little, little home bar or something like that. And they're, and they're talking about it, talking about football and just talking about the history that they've had together and stuff. So it's actually a really, really good documentary. If you're a fan of, of, of good coaching and, and good, uh, good football IQ documentaries and stuff. Well, I'm I'm a fan first of of football, of course, like I mentioned. Yeah. Um, but leadership, and yeah. you know, we both have been army leaders, and and um, 
I'm I'm a fan of quality leadership, and that's what I I like to see. And that's what, when I when I look at coaches, um, especially it doesn't matter if I don't you know. If, course i got beef with belichick just because of that season but uh <laughs> looking at the coaching tree and what we talked about with with coach saban with how he took in um coach sarkeesian and coach kiffin uh yeah. and made them better men first and then better coaches just how that coaching tree um how, how the success of the people that you touch translates just yeah. from you being around so that's that's one big thing that I look at. And no matter how much um, I can't stand Bill Belichick, um, I look at every every person that he's touched, um, coaching players, what they've gone on to do. Yeah. Um, you know, with Coach Saban, I mean, guaranteed football legend. They they're probably they'll probably put his statue up next year if they haven't already done it. Uh, Saban statue is already there. Uh, <laughs> they uh, so they have a tradition in Alabama. Um, have you ever seen the Walk of Champions? Um, every championship team has there has all the entire team's names uh, in the in the Walk of Champions. It's a brick pathway leading up to Bryant Denny Stadium. Okay, and uh, and so every every national champion team has their their names on that pathway and they were running out of room. So it's kind of a wonderful so they, thing. So they right? had to get rid of him. <laughs> uh, so they so kind of running out of room, but there's a, there's, there's, there's ways to change it up. There's a brick pathway uh, and they have a large, a large slate with every championship team. Uh, and then on the side of the pathway, they have every national champion winning coach, a statue, uh, commemorating their national championship wins and then it's like a horseshoe around them with the years of the uh, of the the championship nice. uh it's an awesome experience if you ever get a chance to get down in tuscaloosa and see the campus and see bryant denny stadium and uh it's an awesome awesome place to go yeah uh all part the, of having the the, no kids in the house after this year is it right. means that i get to do all kinds of cool stuff like that that we come up with yes um, Definitely, but yeah, man, I, I, it's it's just incredible that all three of these guys um, retired within you know a, a day or two of twenty four hours, twenty four hours, just, and we get news of of Pete Carroll being let go and Bill Belichick mutual agreement, and uh, and then and Nick Saban, you know, retiring. Uh, just that twenty four hours was it was a hard hit on on football football fans around the you know around the country around the world and whatnot and, uh just amazing amount of talent like you mentioned uh and and experience lost in 24 hours i wouldn't say lost because yeah. i mean all everything that they've done like think about this man 20 20 two zero of bill Belichick's assistant coaches have become nfl or or college football head coaches 20 yeah. of them 15 of Coach Carroll's assistants have become um, NFL or college football head coaches. They're, we're not losing anything. That's, that's true. That's true. I, I shouldn't say loss, maybe, but, you know, it, it does it feel like a loss? It, it It's a new era. Yeah. It really is. I and, mean, it, uh, it, it, I don't. Are these, are these guys going to keep 
you know, Saban doing his thing with a, whatever it is that he's doing there. Uh, and, but you don't know Bill Belichick's, he's probably got, I mean, he, he's probably got a couple more years left in him in coaching. If, if somebody wants to take him on. Yeah. Uh, Pete Carroll definitely does. He, he definitely does. If somebody wanted to take him on. Honestly, I don't um, think, I don't think coach Carroll, uh, unless the USC job opened up but, again, cause he had some right? unfinished business. Oh there. man. Um, Could you imagine that? <laughs> that'd be wild. That would be wild. And <laughs> he could actually use money. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting in trouble. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get in trouble for somebody signing my name on signing their name on a cocktail napkin. Right. <laughs> yeah, that'd be wild. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it sucks, but the the legacy that they've left. I mean, it. Yeah, it's, it's gonna it's, it's gonna live on. It's gonna it's gonna live on for years and years and years. Uh, you know, just like when when Vince Lombardi left and uh you know that's hey get the name you know the name of the trophy yeah you know Lamar yeah. Hunt the, the the owner Kansas City Chiefs at one point you know he he changed so many things this idea for the Super Bowl yeah uh you know those those legacies will will live on uh one thing that I I kind of got behind uh you know how they they changed like the names of the fields inside the stadium uh there was a, a petition to uh name it Saban Field inside of Bryant Denny Stadium and I'm I'm all on board for that absolutely you know what I, I'll, I'll give it about five years and, and Tuscaloosa Alabama will be Saban Alabama <laughs> Sabinville <laughs> <laughs> it's just gonna be Saban Alabama it, it, there you go there you go <laughs> uh, I, I so, wouldn't be surprised so you want to you want to move on to uh to some to some good current uh, current uh, games and stuff. Yeah, you know what? Look at uh, let's look at this wild card. We got we some games starting on. here shortly. Yeah, we have some games starting shortly, and uh, you know the Bills and uh, Bills and and Steelers. Oh, that one's moved to tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what seven foot of snow in the ground there. Cool. Honestly, uh, I, I feel like if if you. If you play or live somewhere where that happens, you're automatically disqualified from playing ball in January. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't even get to. You didn't build an indoor stadium. You don't get to. You don't get to play. I mean, right? You know, <laughs> you knew what you had. I That's mean, look, it. At the, look at this game. Uh, the game last night with, uh, and we can talk about how messed up it was that that it was put on Peacock streaming services or or whatnot. But uh, the Chiefs and Dolphins uh, yeah. playing, and uh, it was the fourth coldest game of all time in the NFL. Um, the The real temp was negative four, I believe, is what it was. Was the real temp? Uh, temp on the field negative twenty eight. Yeah, and you got dudes coming from Miami. Guys <laughs> coming from Miami. Why couldn't they have who's, that game down in Miami? Who's got the advantage here? Yeah, why couldn't they have that game in Miami? I understand home field, but it's Miami. Ain't nobody coming to that game. Yep, and and Miami, they they were a different team when they played in Miami. Yeah, different team. So cold, so cold that a mundane hit with uh, to Patrick Mahomes actually broke his helmet. Yeah, it's that's that's insane. So why that's doesn't insane. that come into play with player safety? When we, when so I was I was extremely I was extremely surprised when that happened. Right, uh, 
I get player safety, but I mean, you know, that kind of cold temperatures and everything, they they have they have they have field heaters and they do a decent job on the field. Nah. Nobody had any, nobody had any I say decent job, but you know, nobody had any traction issues. Um traction was not the issue, it was just the cold. That's they, the problem. Uh, let me and, ask you this. And, What'd you say that temperature was on the field again? Oh gosh, negative twenty-eight, I think okay. it got down to. Negative twenty-eight. Negative yeah. twenty-eight. Think about that. Uh, again, it we, we want to talk about player safety. That's the only the, reason. The only reason that the Bills and Steelers game got moved. Do you know why? It's the snow. The amount of the sheer amount it of snow. It ain't even the amount of snow. Right? It's because they they nobody's allowed outside. Uh, that's the only reason that game got moved. Because fans so, can't so get it, to the stadium. I knew that the mayor, the mayor had something to do with it, yeah. right? And uh, he, and in conjunction with the with the NFL, uh, like from what I understand with the uh, with the Chiefs game, like there was there were no issues on the road. Really, um, it was just extremely cold. Uh, I would have hated. I would have hated being tackled on that field. I would have hated tackling somebody on that field. For sure. You know that it's going to be icy, no matter what the field heaters are able to do. But uh, I would equate that the, to a, like a, a, a game out here, let's say early in the season, and yeah. when they were playing at Sun Devil Stadium, like wide open bleachers, and it's yeah. 118 degrees. Yeah. Like, they're they're going to change that game from day to night. Or, Definitely. you know, I mean, they, they we got a dome. They got an indoor field here. They ain't playing outside no more. Like, why... I, I honestly believe that if you if you have conditions like that, either you play indoors or you move it to a more temperate location. And at if if you cannot accommodate uh, a game in super extreme cold weather because you know it's going to happen. I mean, yeah. Buffalo is known for something like that. Pittsburgh's known for stuff like that. Um, then you fly the fans out at your expense. Yeah, you know, charter a plane. It's not like the owners are hurting for money. Charter a plane and get them out there. They could have had that that Chiefs Dolphins game down in, in Miami. I'm sure fans would have loved to get on a plane. You know, maybe they might have <laughs> even paid a little extra to you know to to help fuel the plane to get down there. I would have gladly taken that hit, go down to Miami and watch this game. I'm just saying, but <laughs> I mean, I, but they ain't gonna do that for me. No, but I'm just. I mean, I'm saying like with stuff like that. Unless they have that Taylor Swift money right now, right? That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I'm telling you that this Bill Steelers you know, game, it would not have been moved. I, I, I get it. And and one of the one of the arguments for the uh, for the the Bills, uh, their stadium, I think uh, I think was there was an argument made about hey, we need to have you know players play in the elements. That's that's football. That's old school football. You know, and then they canceled this game because mm-hmm. of the elements. And uh, you know, I there's there's part of me that is, I love the old mentality. I love to see a snow game. Those are those are always interesting when the ball's just going every which way, and you don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, those are always fun. But when you when you want to talk about player safety, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from with that. You know. Are we going to have? Uh, are we going to have? Uh, is player safety number one thing? Exactly. And, and it sh- and it should be. Uh, and nothing was more evident than that last night. Whenever whenever a very mundane hit from 
from one of the defenders on Patrick Mahomes. They hit it. They hit it. They hit him just right in the face mask at a, at a good leverage point where it cracked his helmet because it was so cold. Yeah. And it, and the cold was the only the only thing that I can think of because it was so cold it, that that plastic just burst. Bro, the coach's mustache was frozen. I like, goes hanging from. Oh my goodness! Come on, man! Yeah. Like, I, and that's I, that's where I that's where I have <laughs> the biggest problem. I don't like hypocrite. You know, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I just cannot stand the hypocritical take that they, well, you know, we got to do this for player safety. Okay. It's minus 26 on the damn field. Yeah. Like, and, and okay, you got players that are on the field. They might have sideline heaters, but Mm -hmm. not everybody down there are players. You got medical staff. You got uh, chain game. You see how bundled up the cameraman had to be. Yeah. Right. In in this game, and it's just insane. Like they they're they're suffering because they're just sitting there. That's it. They're just sitting there swinging that camera, and I mean, goodness. goodness. The the, the people that are that are dragging their water around that have to keep the water bottles at, and, at a at a decent level. And having been to having been to Arrowhead uh, during during the winter uh, to a game there, uh, it wasn't even it wasn't even cold outside, and I had third row seats and it was it was oh man it was nice and cold i don't i don't get cold often and uh sitting down there like the third row it was it was cold out there on that field um it was uh it was it was it was quite frigid it's it's bananas Uh, nothing like that nothing like that it's bananas Um, to me that nobody's talking about it and and you know, like I'm, I'm torn with it because I have an old school mentality. I like the snow games. I like, I like seeing, seeing those things. It's, I think that's interesting and exciting and fun to watch. Whiteout games, if you will. But I definitely see the issue with it. With when it comes to player safety, fan safety, people's beers were busting open, frozen. That video you sent me, I was like, oh, laughing man. my ass off. Yeah, right. It's, it's insane. Absolutely and insane. Here, here's my here's the other thing. Um, I'm I'm looking to see what the uh, the first game of the year is out here. Um, because I want I want you to come out here in the summertime. Come come watch an ASU game with me. The Cardinals they play indoors, so it's you know. So here you go. I got a question for you. Would you rather play in the heat or in that cold like that? Um, if I had to choose, if I had to choose, I would much rather play in the heat. And I only say that because, um, you, you can maneuver better. You know what I'm saying? And I play defense. So, um, it's not like I have to avoid a hit. I always have to try to make contact. Yeah. So you'd be a lot more loose. That's for sure. No, 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 not that. No, it hurts when you hit somebody when it's cold. If you're an yeah. offensive player, you're trying to avoid getting hit, trying to avoid getting tackled. As a defensive player, I can't avoid that. I always have to try to hit somebody. And when I'm freezing, yeah. my fingers are numb. Uh, my toes are numb. I, I have to actively try to tackle somebody when I'm freezing. Like, that sucks. <laughs> so I, I would <laughs> yeah. much rather, if I'm playing in the heat, I'm probably more mad. You know, I got less less clothes on. Um, I'm I'm ready to bust your ass. Yeah, and uh, and me, I don't know why. I feel like it would be. I feel like it's 
it's different. You know, I, I think I would rather play in the cool. There's only so much you can take off from, uh, you know, to, yeah. to try to keep cool, you know. But you, <laughs> and, well, you played linebacker, right? Yeah, I played, I played linebacker uh, and uh, mostly uh, defense bend at some points. But, you know, I was a, I was a big, I was a tall kid in, in junior high. But <laughs> You plateaued? And I stopped growing after junior high. I don't know. Like everybody else shot up to over six foot or whatnot, close to it. And I was, I stayed the same. Yay me. <laughs> hey, check this out. So real quick, it's still going to be warm here. September 7th, Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. So come on out and catch a, an SEC game out here. See Mississippi State play? Yeah, come on out here to, to Tempe, Arizona. Open Thank stadium, probably be about 100 and, I don't know, 117, 119. I'll give me some Speedos then. To dry heat. <laughs> <laughs> Come on out, hang out with us. Um, no, but I would much rather play in, in that type of weather. I like, I, yeah. I, I like playing in cooler weather, but when it's that cold, when like you're on the sideline when you're, and you when you're just, hurting just to the bones yeah. standing there yeah like you you yeah. say you know you there's only so much you can take off but when you're playing in a football game there's only so much you can wear before you're ineffective and again and this, this is true you know playing defense there's i i can't avoid contact i i yeah. always got to hit somebody and and when it's that cold it just sucks it sucks yeah. so yeah i'd much rather play in the heat it's yeah. never too hot to smack somebody in the mouth. <laughs> right. <laughs> Getting mad anyway for being out there. Exactly. I'm go ahead and knock this guy out. Yeah. I mean, you might have to deal with some cramps here or there, but that that's just more fuel for me to bust your ass. <laughs> right. Right. Pause. <laughs> um, now, anything so else we got to cover? Yeah, I was gonna say, let's talk about a little bit. Um, now you said you hadn't you hadn't really paid attention much this year, uh, and you don't really pay attention until like you know March time frame. College hoops a little bit. It's yeah. Like, we might have some folks out there that enjoy some college hoops, uh, and uh, I usually really get into it whenever you know the uh, conference play starts, and we started that this past year, this past week or whatnot. Um, you know, Alabama's Alabama's tied for first in 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 the SEC right now, uh, but unranked and uh and their early schedule was was grueling but the thing that i would like to talk about right how how crazy it's been this past week i think it was five yes top 10 teams that i did see that that lost this week holy crap you know that it's been you want to talk about parody the uh, the the things that have been going on in college hoops for uh, for the past few years has been has been wonderful. Yeah, it's 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 ignited. It's, it's actually ignited a lot more interest in the game. Uh, in my opinion, um, the amount of parity that you see in college hoops over the past few years. Well, and that's one like it's hard for me to watch college basketball early in the season, of course, because it starts while college football is still going on. Yeah, um, this is the time of year where I really start to focus, like, I mean, not right now, but, um, you know, after the Super Bowl, I, I really start to focus on, okay, what teams are potentially going to make the tournament? You know, I look at the play in games, um, and that's where I really, really start to focus early on, you know, those early rankings are, 
they're okay. But it's when the when the conference um, conference tournaments really start to take shape because that yeah. it don't matter. I mean, you could have a team with a losing record start to peak and and play ball really well going into the conference tourney, win that yeah. conference, and now they're in you know they're in the NCAA tournament. So and I never a, really that's kind of my that's kind of my point with uh, with Alabama. How I mentioned it, they uh, you know early in the season they they were playing nothing but you know, top tier type of teams, uh, which is where all their loss, their losses had came from. Um, and, and did, you know, this still did, you know, very well against with them. Uh, they had a, a great team last year. I, I love that team. I wish it, it would have done a little bit more than what it did. I was hoping that we'd finally have a, a final four team. <laughs> um, but yeah, but the, the, the uh, the parity in in college in college basketball has been has been wonderful over a few last few years and somebody that like me I I, I stopped watching hoops when all the greats really really stopped playing and uh, so I I I lost a, I lost a lot of uh, a lot of time watching them you know I, I was a big big Jordan fan of course but. My favorite player of all time came from my least favorite team, and that was Magic Johnson. And uh, <laughs> you, you hate the Lakers I'm a, too. I'm 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 a I'm a quasi Celtics fan, so uh, by by kind of by default. But uh, I was a big Bird fan. Okay. Uh, but uh, but you could just whenever you watch Magic Johnson play, it was there was something magical about that, right? And yeah. You could, pun intended. He lived, up, he lived up to his, he lived up to his name for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I will say um, one of the reasons that I have not been into, um, don't get me wrong, I still, I love college basketball. I, I I love college basketball more than I love the NBA. And just because of parity, like what, we're, what we've seen the last week yeah. or week and a half, um, I, I've been a Duke fan. Um, mm-hmm. Up until Coach K retired, I really haven't been paying attention. Um, but just, I mean, looking at at the the rankings right now, the AP top twenty five with Purdue, Houston, Kansas, and yeah. UConn in the top four. Those are, I mean, that's not traditionally the teams that you see up top. You're used to seeing exactly. Duke, UCLA, Kentucky, North Carolina, Arizona. Um, Squads like that. Who who else is typically up there? Um, yeah, I mean you, Gonzaga. You, you just nailed it. Gonzaga's up. Gonzaga's been one since the nineties that that you always had to watch out for, basically. Yeah. Uh, and, and and then you know you have those multifaceted teams that like will will pop up there, like Florida. Florida is they yes. were they were doing oh my goodness so well. Uh, Tennessee. You say your uh, your your cousin plays for Tennessee, right? Uh, yep. He's Tennessee's doing excellent right now. Yeah. It's just the, you know, the, the, that's something that, that really got me was the, the, into it the past few years, uh, parody. I'll, I'll, I'll sometimes I'll watch, I'll stop and sit there and watch some, watch some college hoops playing. And, and, uh, my wife was like, you watching basketball? I'm like, yeah. I, I used to like this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, like Tennessee's 12 and four and they're in there a, you know, they're number five in the nation right now, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and you know Alabama's got they're eleven and five and undefeated. I mean not, not undefeated, excuse me, unranked. Um, but they uh, but 
you know, when you look at the when you look at everything, is is any of those teams could could win the like the SEC right now? You have you have Alabama and Tennessee. Uh, freaking was it uh, Georgia just beat Kentucky, wasn't it? I believe is what it was the other day or whatnot. Uh, no, Georgia beat uh, Georgia beat uh, Arkansas the other day, and then uh, then lost to Tennessee. That's yeah. what it was. Uh, but Kentucky had a loss on the other day, and uh, who was it that beat them? Goodness, let's see here. Uh, Texas A and M, A and M beat Kentucky. I mean, yeah, come on, which is nuts. And and That's I insane. remember getting an alert for that game. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. So it, it, that's that's something that's uh, that I've, I found interesting, and and I think it brings a lot of people into it. But also, also though, you you look at the the road to the road to the NBA uh, through college hoops right now. Uh, they can be basically one and done in college hoops, and uh, and off to the NBA. Yeah, uh, and I think that's that's a detriment to the sport, but also. You know what does what does what do you think that that does with the sport? Honestly, um, I've thought about this a lot over the past couple of years, and it used to bug me because I felt like it was the players' fault, but they're just playing within the rules. And I got yeah. a lot to say about this. Um, I there there's no other industry where you can't become a professional. Like without having to go, without having to go to college first, maybe law, you got to, you got to go to college, be a doctor. But if you want to be a software engineer and you, let's just say you're a freaking guru, like that's Mm -hmm. what you've been working on since you were a kid. You don't have to have a degree if you're good at that. Um, You know, web design, uh, you name something. There's typically not uh, a a, um, prerequisite path through college to get to that industry. Meanwhile, yeah. if you're if you're a, a decent basketball player or I mean outstanding basketball player, you got to go to college for a year. And I, I almost think that it's a greed thing. The NCAA yeah. is like, hey, let's let's get one year of money out of them. But what it what it the problem that it creates is I listened to um I listened to a podcast with Gilbert Arenas. You know, he went to University of Arizona. And I, I I use that word went to loosely. Yeah. Um, he I mean basketball is a fall sport or a winter sport, so he starts school in the fall. You don't really have to check eligibility because um, he's going to play through the semester, and all he has to do is play good enough to get some shit on tape, and then NBA scouts you know they're going to determine determine if you're a lottery pick. He already knew he was going to be a lottery pick. He probably could have gone out of high school, but he didn't go. To, he didn't even go to class. You know what he did? He you know, well, he went to class of, like the first couple of days, so he didn't get dropped. Yeah, um, and then the rest of the time, he would wake up, go to the gym, and work out all day. Mm-hmm. Come home, eat, take a nap, and then go to practice. And that's what he did the entire semester, and then he was off to the NBA. So while there are, you know, that that's probably. Uh, a rarity. I'm 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 willing to bet that a lot of players do stuff like that. Um, I just don't understand why it's a problem to have these guys 
hey, if you're good enough to play in the NBA, go try out. Let's get there. Yeah. And, and then give them a path to come back to um, college or go to the G League or go play overseas until they're ready to come to the NBA. But yeah, um, I think they kind of fixed that problem with the NIL. So let's say you 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 know you could go to the NBA, and before you weren't going to make any money. You're just in yeah. college because you got to be in college. You weren't going to make any. And money. typically, typically come from low income families and yeah. and and things like that. You know, so yeah. you got to make it a decision. Definitely. Um, so I think that the NIL situation might fix that. But here, here's what I, I really, I think they need to get rid of that rule first off. And if they don't, if if I had some disposable income and a little bit of pool, I would be routing these kids overseas quick. I'm, let me help you get right. your passport. Let me help you get set up over there. Go play in Croatia. Go play in Italy. Go play in Spain. Go play in Portugal. Um, South Korea. Yeah, some go play those, in Korea. Go play in China. Hate. Yeah. I, I think about this. Um, Luca, Luca's been playing professional basketball since he was 15 years old. Yeah. He paid. Giannis. Yeah. Uh, Joker. I mean, all these guys in Europe have been have been getting paid since they were 15 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, it didn't hurt them. They're actually better ball players. They're more yeah. more mature. Like I, I just I it it bugs me because I don't see any other industry where you're you know, oh, nope, you can't go pro. You got to go to college for a year before you can even step in our doors. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. It's, it, it, I definitely understand. You know, the, the opportunities for these players that, that while that could be exceptionally great right now, uh, it's, it's hard for them to get visibility on them outside of just high school or college. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, they may need a, they may need a little bit, a little bit of coaching, a little bit of, uh, refining. Uh, there's, I, I saw a, uh, saw a video on this kid, uh, where was he at? It's in France, I believe. Uh, and, uh, just a, just a baller. Holy crap. Uh, 16 years old, something like that, maybe. Um, and just owning everybody there. Uh, Basically playing professional, and his dream is to get to the NBA. Yeah, and he's he's going to do it. Well, I mean, you look at look at um, Wimbiama. You know what is mm-hmm. he? Nineteen years old. Can you imagine yeah. if he was a, an American kid? He would have to go to college. There's <laughs> yeah. no need for this dude to go to college. None. None. I mean, the the Spurs suck right now, but he's averaging nineteen and ten. Mm-hmm. As a rookie, nineteen and ten, they're, they're, but he would have had to go to college. You know, I wish that there was a. I wish, I mean, and and there might be a program, something, something like that. It's these kids that uh, these kids are exceptional at 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 uh, sports like basketball um, that really want to pursue a, and it's more beneficial for them to pursue a a professional career um, to to go and do online online classes and stuff like that at at no cost to them yeah uh you know let the let the let the universities you know put up that put up that opportunity for them especially if they've recruited them for a year out of out of high school to hey continue your education man stay in stay enrolled and and complete it you know take your time with it uh and and do online courses here and and then 
it can be mutual to us. Hey, we're going to have you come back and walk because you you put forth the effort and you're going to you're going to you're going to get your, you know, your the benefits of your of your uh, scholarship, you know, through online education. Here, check this uh, out. That and would it, be fantastic. I, I and 100% agreed. And as you say that, I just pulled up because I was I was trying to think if there was something like that. Um, the NBA G League Ignite. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's, uh, a developmental basketball league in the, in the, that's within the G league. And mm-hmm. basically this, I, apparently this started it in 2020. So like during the COVID years, mm-hmm. I think probably to, to facilitate kids that weren't, you know, we're going to miss out on a year and yeah. have to go back to college to play an additional year, um, for that, to make up for that year that they, they missed which meant that they were going to miss out on money if they were a potential lottery pick. You know, you still yeah. got to to um, satisfy that obligation of that one-year rule. But with this, apparently the Ignite, um, it, it gives kids an alternative to college basketball because you still got to satisfy the one-year rule. And mm-hmm. they can get up to a half a mil salary. So I didn't I didn't know that that that's was... That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um. And it's it's all the kids. They all go to Vegas and they play. Um, and I, I think if they can expand something like that, or just get rid of the fucking rule altogether, yeah, that, that one year rule because it doesn't really benefit anybody except for the NCAA and yeah. maybe the school. I don't even think it benefits the school because um, you're you're taking up a roster spot from a kid that could potentially use that development, uh, and you're also wasting time with this dude he's just in the dorms and just kind of there to play basketball he ain't going to school he don't give a damn about failing classes right. i'm about to be a multimillionaire in three months i don't care exactly and you're you're wasting time resources taxpayer money even at, at some points with the with scholarships you know yeah yeah it, it's just it's and i i honestly i think that it hurts the game because then you run into yeah. problems like you know this dude is is sitting out games or he might be milking an injury because, you know, uh, I, I injured my hamstring and I know that that takes forever to heal. I don't yeah. want to mess up my draft stock by coming back too soon or, you know, having them, you know, during my physical, is it properly healed? Being extra scrutinized, I, it, they just need to get rid of that rule altogether. Yeah, I completely agree. And, yeah. and I mean, the uh, the. The crazy thing about it is you have you have these teams that are are just lifted up so much by these one or two players that are really really special, uh, and then and then whenever they leave that team's you know they're kind of hurting yeah at, at that point. Um, so it, it you know but like like I said the parity over the past few years has been has been really great in college basketball and and uh, I don't know if it's from you know, allowing, you know, from like doing the one and done type things and, and, and good recruiting with that or, or sustained players or, or what, but it's, uh, it's been, it's definitely been changing. Yeah. I think also, you know, you, uh, it, it puts a strain on these coaches with guys like Bruce Pearl, um, headed out coach K coach yeah. Knight, um, you know, some of those old school coaches that, that pushed guys to play at least three years. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if you were a real special talent, then yeah, by all means, you got to go help your family. 
depending on the circumstance. You know, right. I mean, Coach K rarely had guys that he had, you know, that that were weren't coming from a, a place where they really didn't need to go to the NBA to help their families. But every now and then he would get one or two. And he's like, look, yeah. you're good enough to play at the next level. You, you know, you it's going to benefit go. your family if you take off. Uh, but a lot of these, I think that a lot of these other co- these young, these newer coaches that are coming into the league or into into college basketball, they're they're having trouble trying to adapt with that. And I think that it's going to ultimately what we talk, what we were talking about. Who does it help or hurt? Um, thank God for the the G League Ignite, but I think it's ultimately going to hurt super talented players with re- when yeah. you got to recruit somebody like you said. You know, okay, we get we got four uh, top 100 players coming into our program, and all four of them are probably going to be first round draft picks. I mean, yeah, if we don't if win they're a all title, be first round draft picks, then why should I spend all of my resources from this college on on you? You're gone in a year. You're gone. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go over here and draft these three, maybe four star guys that I can develop over yeah. the next couple of years, and you know, we're going to go from there. Yep, but you're talking about uh, Bama not being ranked. They're 11 and five. I'm looking at their 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 losses. So they lost to Ohio State, lost to Clemson, mm-hmm. lost to um, a number four ranked Purdue, and Creighton is not a bad team. Uh, yeah, they're not. And then they lost to Arizona, but their wins. I mean, yeah, their wins were not. You know. Nothing, nothing spectacular. No, uh, Morehead really State, Indiana State, South Alabama, Mercer. I mean, they did beat Oregon, but Oregon is nothing to sneeze at. Arkansas State, um, Eastern Kentucky, Liberty, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, and Mississippi State. Yeah. So, you know, they and, got and two. Oh, go ahead. Their best, uh, their best has come out of out of the SEC as far as their wins, uh, for sure. Um, and but like quality, like you know, he he hates saying it, but you know, quality losses. You know, they lost. Uh, what is it? Uh, let's see here. They started out the season. They had their uh, Morehead State. They won heftily. Uh, beat Indiana State. Uh, their first loss came uh, ninety-two to eighty-one against Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, which, and then uh, they lost to to Clemson. Uh, another another. Decent game there, eighty-five uh, seventy-seven, uh, and then they lost to Purdue, the you know number four at the time, right? And then Crichton, Arizona, just their their December games were it was a that was a, a heck of a kind schedule of a bloodbath, yeah. But it's not going to get easier. I mean, think about it's this. not. It's not got Mizzou coming up, yeah, and then they got to go to Tennessee and then play a ranked Auburn team. To Tennessee, so, and then and then they have Auburn at home, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one. It's mm-hmm. gonna be those are those are those are tough quality games. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and you know, with with Alabama, I'm 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 extremely happy that they've that they've made the the changes they they that they've done to really create a a good winning culture in in basketball. We haven't had that in Alabama in a while. Uh, Nate Oaks has been fantastic for the team. Um, yeah. And that's a, that's another thing you could get back to the the Saban effect, right? Yeah, whenever Saban came on, he's like, "Hey, I want to be part of everything athletics here. I want to have some sort of say over everything." Yeah. And uh, and uh, when when Byrne went out and found uh, found Nate Oates, and like Saban was 
ecstatic about that. That's basketball is one of Saban's freaking loves. You know, he'd doing pickup games with his coaches and and players and stuff. And and uh, imagine this old man that's shorter than I am out there freaking out there just balling. But you know, well, I'll dunk on Saban. Uh, Saban, Saban be like, hey, you can't dunk on me. You'd be like, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. After I, after I dunk on him, okay, sir, no more. Oh, no more, dunk sir. On you no, no more. more. <laughs> I'm going to make you do laps, I'm a, boy. I'm going to bust your ass from the three-point line from now on, coach. We're going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, but like the culture that he created there was is wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. Uh, and, uh, you know, and it, and it really shows with the impre- the improvement of the uh of the uh of the basketball team the baseball team just got a, a heck of a hire after their uh, after their run last year um and and I'm excited to see what they're going to be doing too yeah i i mean i honestly I, again i'm waiting for for march to come for the for the tournaments to start coming before I make any definitive uh, predictions or statements yeah. on um, the state of college basketball, we actually got the Final Four coming out here, so I'm I'm kind of excited about that. And mm. um, I'll mention this, and hopefully somebody will pick up on this because I always forget at the end to talk about it. But VetTix.org, I don't know if you if you're yes, you've already signed up for it. They, uh, I've signed up for it. I haven't haven't used it yet, uh, but. Uh, I really thought about trying to use it with uh, with some of the hockey games around here. Um, come to see what watch the uh, Carolina Hurricanes play. Uh, they usually always have something there, uh, and not even just sports. They have a lot of uh, like com- they'll have comedy tickets and Man, things like that. I look it's at I, I've gone to comedy great. shows with it. I've gone to I actually went to um, Arizona State and Oregon uh, football mm-hmm. game. I got tickets to the Fiesta Bowl this year. Oh, I'm actually nice. going to the Suns Kings game, so this will be my first Kings game. Actually, unfortunately, I they since. never have anything for Alabama with it. <laughs> <laughs> I never checked that far away, but um, I mean, it's it's an amazing organization. But uh, usually, like when when the tournament is here, there's mm-hmm. there's always some organization that really cares about veterans that will donate tickets. Yeah. I because I. I'm always working. I never get a chance to go. This year, I might actually be able to go. Uh, it's at State Farm Stadium, so that's going to be pretty doggone cool. Usually, it's it's nice. played at um, the uh, the Suns Arena, but this is going to be awesome. Um, so, if I could get tickets to that, I definitely will be there. How awesome would it be if Tennessee made it? Oh, it'd be crazy! It'd be crazy! Yeah, um, go ahead, go in, go in, go in there and support your support your nephew there. Man, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, your cousin, You're my cousin. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. Um, that'd be great. But yeah, I mean, I like I said, I don't, I don't have a lot of input on the state of college basketball right now. But if you talk to me in about a month, um, yeah, I'll have so much to say. I just think is just this past week with the uh, with like the you know five of the top ten or something like that losing. Oh man, there's just. Just I wanted to bring that up. You know, the the parody in college hoops has created. It seems like it's created more of an interest in it over the past few years. Whereas, you know, typically, typically you get a lot of the uh, a lot of the March Madness fans. You yeah. know, and yeah. uh, and uh, but outside of March Madness, a lot of the uh, a lot of a lot of fans have been been going to it some. Yeah, and it's. Uh... I mean, men, it's men's and women's college basketball, which is amazing. Yeah. 
I think a lot of the a lot of the fans that um don't typically follow college basketball are are probably football fans. I mean, college basketball yeah. is going on. Like it's it's in the heart. It, of, it's tough. It's tough to hey dedicate. I want to dedicate more and more of my time to to these sports coming up. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, bowl games are going on. It, you got you got the divisional playoffs and wild card playoffs going on in the NFL, and and hockey starts in October. Yeah. So you know you know you have like I'm a, I'm a big hockey fan. I love I love watching some hockey, um, but yeah, you have you have a lot going on in the fall. So is and but football takes you know it it takes the uh, the attention from from most other things. Yeah. Yep. Now you were I'm I'm looking at these these games and just yesterday West Virginia beat a ranked Texas yeah. uh Washington State beat Arizona which is wild unranked Washington mm-hmm. beat Arizona TCU beat number 2 Houston um yep. let's see Purdue didn't lose that game they lost the game before that I think A&M beat Kentucky uh who else do we have you had yeah. Maryland Maryland beat oh, Mar- Illinois on yep. Sunday, right? Yeah. Or today, right? Today. That today? That today? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just, it's wild that you're right. I, and I, I don't, again, I don't, I don't really pay attention too close to uh, college basketball while football season is still active. But even looking back to Thursday's game, um, Santa Clara beat Gonzaga. Yeah. Like, this ain't even a tournament yeah, game. This is midseason. Yes, by yes, by one point. But one like point. it happens. You know, it happened. And and who would have thought this? Who would have put money on Santa Clara over Gonzaga? Yeah. Or even better. I'm I'm just going back day by day. Um UCF beat Kansas. Right. Mississippi State beat Tennessee. I I mean, you're right. The the parody. I, I guess I should probably start paying attention a little more now moving forward. TCU beating Oklahoma mm-hmm. um, by nine points, at unranked TCU. And that's that's why I wanted to bring it up because, uh, yeah, we're not in March Madness yet, but but like the the parody the past few years uh, is really prevalent this year, uh, and and that's something that we want in in college football is we want parody. Parody parody makes it more interesting, right? Uh, at the same time, it's it, you know, it's always good when the blue bloods are good. You know, yeah, it's always good. It's always it's always a good sport when the when the blue bloods are good. Um, you know, but now now that I sit here and I think about this, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, go ahead, cut you off. But as I think about this, I go back to what you said about the one and done rule, and maybe this is a residual effect of having a situation like that, where you got yeah. all these ranked teams um, that are historically good. Um, a lot of these young, these these smaller schools have caught up because they've had time to develop their players over a period of time. Yeah. And I you bet have, if you look you at some the of these rosters, and, yeah. And then whereas the big schools are getting somebody for a name, and uh, and the names are going to those big schools for their name, and 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 they're you know they're the ones that are that are advertised and and broadcast and yeah. and everything else. So I mean. I think uh, now that I think about it, you, you you might be right. Over the past couple of years, this has been a trend, and that might be a residual effect of the one and done uh, mm-hmm. stuff. You know, where 
a school like TCU, which is not a small school, it's a power five school. Yeah. Um, you know, they're drawing in these, these maybe not so highly recruited three and a half, four star players that have all the skill in the world. They just need some fine tuning and they got time. Right. And, you know, it's Look at just a, just a few years ago. What was it? St. Mary's. Yeah. What they did. Oh, wow. And, and I mean, they're doing this because they're, they're able to, they're able to keep their players for three to four years. And, uh, and they're, you know, you, you know, on a team of, especially like playing basketball, when everything's got to be in rhythm and, uh, and, and you got to play together like fluidly. Uh, it is having, having two years or three years of experience with your team is going to put you in an advantage over somebody that has just a straight baller coming in and trying to think about just them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's the, uh, that's the, that's, I mean, that could be the, that could be the cause of all the parity. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, as I, as I sit here and I look at these and I think about it, you know, th- this, I, that very well could be, and I'm looking at, think about, look at this. I'm looking at TCU's roster. I just clicked mm-hmm. on TCU. They got a senior, a junior, senior, junior, junior, sophomore, sophomore, freshman, senior, 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 senior. I mean, almost all upperclassmen and yep. a, a handful of sophomores and a couple of freshmen, like yep. uh, two, two freshmen on the team. So it's, I mean, just looking at the first team, and I'm sure if you go through those those upsets if you could if you look at the rosters of these teams that are beating uh these ranked teams mid-season it's it's all upperclassmen and yep. you know that's probably um the, the, that that one and done rule is probably playing into it where and then and then they get that they get that exposure then the transfer portal opens up to them right they have a transfer transfers coming in hey want to go over here and play with them and get a little mm-hmm. a little bit more exposure and and I'm going to make this team better and then you have more senior guys coming into there and and playing together, and especially if they vibe with the team, man, yeah, it it, it makes for it makes for good it makes for good basketball. And you know what? I, I think about it. If if football teams could think like this, if I was let's say I'm Mercer, mm-hmm. hell yeah, I'm gonna play Alabama, I'm gonna play Georgia, I'm gonna play LSU all in the same season. I'm gonna charge them five million dollars each. Yep. And yeah, we'll 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 improve our facilities, but let's dump a bunch of money in that NIL bag and let's go get some of these junior college kids and and turn it around. And now, hey, we got we got some we got some uh some skill and some experience. We we might be able to beat LSU by three points one season. And, what, and imagine what, happens, what, what happens when I whenever I do make one of these large upsets. Yeah. What is it going to do for our for our enrollment? What's it going to do for our exposure? Because like the name of the game is is exposure, and that's why mm-hmm. I tell you, you know, when I look at a a twelve team playoff in college football, if if they were to hey say hey like we have instead of saying oh we have our our power five and our group of five, we're going to take all all ten conferences, and we're going to every champion gets a chance. Yeah, I'm. I'm then, and I thought about that. That's. That was one of those yes. things like I wish we would have dealt, we would have uh, stayed it on a little longer parity. last time. It definitely would. I thought about it after you said it. I didn't quite understand when we were talking about it. And then I, when I was sitting back thinking about it, I'm like, you know what? He makes a whole bunch of sense. 
that definitely makes sense to to be able to do it that way. And, and, it, like, and it wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily be instant. It it wouldn't necessarily be instant. Two wild cards. It wouldn't teams. be every team, and it wouldn't be every every team, right? So, but like you know, you have your you have your chances, and uh, and like hey, you want you want to bid? You go into a conference and you win your conference. Yeah. Outside yeah. of that, you freaking you perform against your perceived your perceived whatever perception wherever that perception comes from your perceived strength of schedule your 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 performance against perceived strength of schedule is uh is going to be a, a wild card basically and uh and then uh and then duke it out those 12 teams well i mean what other... every once in a while you're going to ha- you're going to have some of the little guys beat the big big guys it's, it's inevitable of course i mean i i i just have a hard time believing that you i mean everybody's strapping up the same but i think that if you created that atmosphere where yeah um there's a level of competition like you got to show up like you said um yeah. I, I honestly i i think you will have some you'll have some blowouts but you might have mm-hmm. some really really entertaining games look at you may have those and, and that's and that's the ones that you look for is like yeah you you're gonna have so you're gonna have some of those blowouts some of those teams that the quote unquote teams that shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Right. But you're going to have some of those teams that shouldn't be there. They're going to show the heck up and show off. Uh, like if you, if you, you ask the average, you ask the average college football fan, what they thought about Washington and Texas, you'd think that Texas is going to roll. Texas is going to roll. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but what did Washington do? Yeah. I mean, hey. it's, it's and, it's hard to uh to go in week in and week out. Like again, I, I honestly did not think that Washington would lay down like they did against Michigan. Um yeah. I I honestly think didn't think that Michigan I I, I mean I was kind of going back and forth, but at, at the start of the game, I honestly didn't think that Michigan would be able to keep up with Alabama. Yeah. Um you know, so you you have to create those um you got to create those situations you can't be yeah. afraid well you know this is this is how it is i, I you got to create those situations you do it in the bowl games anyway so right you know and i so, I, I don't know i'm i'm excited man i i kind of just want to go to sleep and then wake up in august <laughs> <laughs> yep that's it that's it so what do we do what do we do in the meantime right you know what um Pour some whiskey and 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 keep on drinking and waiting for uh waiting for football season to start. Right. Maybe catch a baseball game or two. Go fishing. Maybe catch maybe catch something like that. You know, got to get entertained somehow, right? Let's talk about some entertainment. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I know where you're going. <laughs> um, man. Now I'm I'm kind of burnt out because um. All I've hey, been uh, hearing and seeing, but you, you weren't, you know, you're not typically in this space. So, <laughs> go ahead, dr- drop it on me. All right. So, uh, I caught like little, little bits and pieces about it. And we, and we may mention about it last, uh, last week, right? The Cat Williams interview with, uh, oh man, with Aunt- goodness, <laughs> what? Oh, I, uh, I, I started watching it, uh, like catching like little pieces before we started our our our, uh, our recording last week. 
the after after seeing you know after you talking to you a little bit about it i wow i went back and watched this whole interview i'm i have never been a cat williams fan but he gained he gained a new fan in me um goodness i i I always, th- I always, always thought of Cat Williams as someone who was just eccentric and all up in the act and everything else. And when I, uh, when I watched this this uh, this interview with him and Shannon Sharp, it was wow, quite interesting, quite uh, quite eye opening, uh, and then and then. The guy, the guy came out there and made these accusations. He's like, "I've got the receipts," and then within hours, fans brought the receipts. You know? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, like I said, somebody had never. I've. Ne- I was never a Cat Williams fan. I. I never. I never could. Never really got into his comedy too much. But uh, hearing the man talk about his his convictions and his not only in his uh, in his craft but in his personal life and uh with his with his um uh his spirituality and stuff it was it was eye-opening listening to this man in this interview and then I, i'm not sure i believe he read all the books when he was three years old but i don't know if he, read that, when he was three years old either <laughs> but you know but the 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 message behind it man yeah yeah. The message behind it was was insane. Uh just just talking about some of the corruption of the entertainment industry and uh and in comedy as it is uh and and the guy brought receipts with it, you know? Yeah. That's the, that's the big thing. Well, I mean, think about this cuz I'm I am I am a comedy buff. Um, sometimes I like, I, I, I do find myself being a comedy purist, but I understand that the art is the art and everybody's going to have a shtick. You know, I don't like Jeff Dunham, uh, you know, he, he has his thing. It's still comedy. Um, Gallagher had his thing. It's still comedy carrot top. And then, you know, you can, you could go jump over and, and talk about guys like Carlin and Lenny Bruce and, Mm -hmm. you know, so comedy has a wide spectrum. So I don't, you know, I, and I love all of it, but when, what you just mentioned with the politics of comedy and the dark side of it, I I don't know how, if you've ever really followed a guy like Paul Mooney. Um, So you should watch some, or, you know, just YouTube, some of his stuff, hilarious comedian. I mean, dude used to write for Richard Pryor. Some of Richard Pryor's yeah. best stuff, Paul Mooney wrote, uh, yeah. but he just couldn't catch a break because he didn't want to succumb to the the nonsense that was going on in in that world. You know, I mean, Paul Mooney could have easily been a top five comedian in his day, easily, you know, made millions and millions of dollars. But because he didn't want to succumb to, to the nonsense, um, you know, he never really became an A-list comedian. Um, I mean, you you probably, I mean, there might have been space for somebody like Eddie Murphy at the time, but Paul Mooney would have murdered Saturday Night Live, you know? Yeah. Um, you got guys like Andrew Dice Clay. He, he, 
everybody knew the Dice Man back in the day, but he never really could make it mainstream because of those politics, Mm -hmm. you know, and and there's a lot of comedians like that. Cat's just calling it out. Um, And because because I follow comedy as closely as I do, um, a lot of the things that he said. I honestly, I could see it. I didn't even need to see the receipts. I knew they were coming, but I didn't even need to see them. You know, I watch comedy so closely. I have every single VHS tape of the first five seasons of Deaf Comedy Jam. I got those still. I used to watch BET Comic View when I was a kid, religiously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of these comedians that that you're seeing now, and a lot of them that, that have been in the game for 20, 30, 40 years, I've watched them come up through Deaf Comedy Jam and, and Comic View. Um, I used to watch the Comedy Central, um, the 30 Minutes, 30 minute specials, hour specials. I'm I'm when I say I'm deep in comedy, I'm deep in comedy. And when he when he came out the way he did, I already knew he that there's proof. You just gotta wait yeah. and look. You just gotta wait and see. Uh it was you, something that was it was eye-opening to me. And then like seeing where somebody where people or fans had like posted it afterwards, hey, look, check this out. This is this is what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, goodness, within within hours. Of of him saying this on the freaking interview, it was uh, it was it was definitely eye opening. There, I I I I love anybody that's gonna freaking come out and stir up the status quo a little bit with some facts, absolutely. You know, as opposed to as opposed to necessarily just you know accusations and conjecture. I the whenever you come out with some facts, I'm gonna love you. I'm gonna. Here's love a you funny today. thing is every single person that he's named has a massive platform and a massive following. None exactly. of them came out and denied it. None of them. None of them come out what he said. How could they? Yeah, nobody came they? out and denied it. If right? if he was wrong, they would have buried him immediately. Definitely. Or their representatives, Definitely. their fans, nobody could say anything. Definitely. You know, there was one part of that too where I was like, "Cat, come on, bro. You say you run a 4540 at 50-something years old <laughs> and then he did it." It's and crazy. I was like, okay. All right. Whatever. <laughs> All right. I got you. Yeah. We know you ain't no tall, lanky guy. So what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, even for him, I don't know if that watch was accurate, but just as fast as he was running at his age, I, I pulled my hamstring watching him run. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Right? Whatever you say, man, you could tell me you run a 425. I, I believe you. Right. <laughs> the. So it, it kind of got me. It kind of got me thinking, though, right? Uh, even even without all the the without all the uh, the controversy that that surrounded his interview and, and everything, I want to ask you, you know, and get a little bit more personal, right? So, like, uh, who would you say was your favorite uh, comedian of all time? My favorite comedian of all time. Um. See, that's tough because it it would almost be like asking who your favorite singer is. Yeah. You know, because everybody has a different style. I mean, overall, if I had to pick, favorite comedian of all time would probably be Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. Yeah, Richard Fantastic. Pryor. Um, but, uh, you know, you ask me tomorrow and it might be George Carlin. Just yeah. depends on the mood I'm mood I'm in, but those two are two of my favorite, and I go back and forth with them. George Carlin's my favorite, and my second is Richard Pryor. 
yeah. I'd say. And like George Carlin, there was there's an intimate connection why George Carlin was my favorite. It was my dad's favorite comedian. And I remember watching some comedy specials with my dad when I was young. My dad died when I was 11. And uh, just watching those those comedy specials with him and and laughing like crazy with him is something that's vivid in my in my mind. And then growing to really appreciate what George Carlin was saying. Um, I also loved listening listening to old Red Fox records. Holy yeah. crap! Holy yeah. crap! This guy was great. And then you look at comedians like Bob Saget. You look at Full House, Bob Saget, and then you listen to some of his stand-up. Holy crap. You would never expect this from that guy. Yeah. Um, just, I, I I love comedy. I love and appreciate, have an appreciation for stand-up comics, comics. And, and I, I, those are some of the things that, that, made me who I am today and appreciate things like dark comedy and, and, <laughs> and, and being, you know, kind of going against the grain, I guess you could say with, uh, with a lot of things. Uh, and uh, like I said, George Carlin, was, he was my, he was my absolute favorite. Well, and you, you mentioned you like dark comedy and I gave you one. Um, uh, if you watch Anthony Jeselnik's fire in the maternity war, probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite dark comedy uh, specials, um, but see, and, and as I'm thinking about comedians, you mentioned Bob Saget. I love Bob Saget, but then I think about the underground comedians that you probably never heard of. Yeah. Um, Doug Benson. If you go watch some, mm-hmm. some Doug Benson, Mitch Hedberg, you know, mm-hmm. guys like that are, are that never really, uh, unless you, you love comedy and you like to hit the, the comedy, um, the small comedy venues, you won't yeah. hear about guys like that. Um, I, I listen to comedy sometimes when I'm, when I'm just driving around, I'll throw it on, um, uh, comedy central radio or, yeah. uh, you know, one of the old comedy channels on, on XM. Um, even I used to love Larry, the cable guy until it just got yeah. old, but still. I that's one of the things like I never could get into the Larry, the cable guy bits. I, yeah. uh, I, I can, I can see why some people did, but I, I never did. And just sitting there, I'm going to constantly say, how many times am I going to say, get her done? You know, for, <laughs> I'm like, come on, guy. But it goes back to, it got, to it guys like Gallagher, though. I mean, how many yeah. how many times can a dude smash a watermelon with a mallet? Right. You know, but right. every time and, it's and freaking have hilarious. a crazy fan base for it. Yeah. And that's <laughs> like that, that blue collar comedy tour made those dudes so freaking rich. Yes. I used to I used to love Bill Ingvall. Um and then uh who was the other guy that was on there with them? Um had Ron White and Ron, Jeff oh, man. Foxworthy. Ron, Jeff Foxworthy. Ron White. Jeff Foxworthy. Ron White, man. Ron White is the man. Like Ron White is is the king of that group. But like yeah. Jeff Jeff Foxworthy, like you said, you know, get her done. How how much can you say that? How, I mean, you might be a redneck. Might be a okay, redneck. Cool, but whatever, man. You said them all. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But and then Ron White was he was probably my favorite out of that group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't have he didn't have a bit like get her done or you might be a redneck or here's your sign. He just came out there and spit comedy, and the guy was just I'm going to come out here and drink some bourbon on the on the stage and late have my have my cigars my cigar the cigarettes going and you know just old school comedy like yeah. you know that was he was my favorite of of the group. Yep, I'm just gonna flame your ass now. You you got yep. you got all of the the gimmicks, 
now it's time for some real comedy. Let me hit you. And right. yeah, Ron White was the man with that. Um, but it's, and, I mean, with Joe Rogan, because I, I watch, I've, I've gone to see Joe Rogan on stage doing comedy. Um, mm-hmm. But he, you know, he opened a comedy club in Austin called the Comedy Mothership. Yep. And now it's getting a, becoming a little bit easier. You might be able to get some tickets on a random day to go there. Mm-hmm. But Ron White now, I think he's there at least once or twice a week. No, uh, and he's still still flaming people, man. He he is yep. roasting everybody. And it's I, you know, I, I think about old the old school guys that are still in the game, like him, um, George Lopez, which I mean, mm-hmm. George, George should probably go sit down somewhere at this point. But yeah, um, you know, where if you know that those guys are are on the on the ticket, you're gonna go watch. And you know they're yeah. gonna kill it every single time. And exactly. exactly. Now, who, who's your favorite modern comic now? Oh goodness, it's it's kind of hard to say. I, uh, I mean, trying trying to get into to things like I now I think of comedy as like especially stand up as uh, like multifaceted, right? So, who does the best you know audience interaction who does the best uh lines who does the best bits and everything uh uh matt rife does excellent you know interaction with with audience his crowd work is fantastic it is it is absolutely fantastic but you listen to his you listen to his entire his entire show and you get put to sleep yeah um and uh and then you have uh you have a lot of a lot of female comics that are really good out there. Uh, but then it just gets into a man bashing type mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And, the the uh, little dick show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and so it is, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to say, like, you know, you can never go wrong with some Chappelle. Yeah. Uh, but, but do we really consider him modern comic or no. do we consider him exactly? He's, he's, although he's still doing it. There's um, one name I'm expecting you to say right now. Who's that? Shane Gillis. Shane Gillis. <sighs> but you don't. You don't, don't like. <laughs> he, he's he's all right. Uh, I, I look at like Bill Burr. Bill Burr does some does some good stuff. Yeah, but can you consider him modern? <laughs> I, considering considering my taste, my is more modern than my taste. I guess you could say. But, yeah. Uh, like I love, I love Burt Kreshner, but at the same time, how much you know, fat guy without a shirt? Are you gonna? Yeah. The machine's fantastic. I love the movie, by the way. The movie. I haven't seen the movie, the movie yet. I need great. to watch it. Uh, it, was, it was. It was. I'm just really, not a Burt really fan, good. even though I love comedy. I love. I love when he's on on uh, Rogan's podcast. Yeah. I just I cannot watch. I, the minute he takes his shirt off, I'm like, okay, <laughs> turn it off. <laughs> so if you if you if you know the story of the machine and and then you you watch his uh, you watch his his movie, the machine is the movie was really good. It's 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 out there. It really is out there. But I I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I uh, I you know trying to find trying to find that that modern that modern bit uh, is it's it's been kind of, it's been kind of hard for me because they were, it's been so PC since my favorite times in comedy, you know, uh, whenever you grow up, you listen, you're listening to, you know, George Carlin, Mike, uh, Richard Pryor and, and, and 
old school Eddie Murphy coming yeah. out there and delirious and raw. Oh man. <laughs> like the stuff, the stuff doesn't match up. No, it does not. It doesn't match up. No. And I, I think what you, you got to catch some of these YouTube comics. And I, I sent you that, um, yeah. Ari Shafir, watch mm-hmm. the Ari Shafir special, the Jew. It is pro- he, he worked on it for like six years. It is one of the most well put together specials, comedy specials that I've seen in so long. Every single bit is perfectly crafted and every it's smart, it's funny. Um, it's not all PC. He 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 dives into topics that he's familiar with. He's Jewish, so mm-hmm. um, you know, he makes fun of that. And it, it is it's just well put together and it's hilarious. Um, that one, and again, I, that. Anthony Jeselnik firing the maternity ward. Part of um, the thing with that is I found myself laughing so much that I was over laughing jokes and I had to rewind it because he's just yeah. so damn funny. I, I had to rewind it to catch a joke that I was laughing during. But those two right there, I check them out. And if you love comedy, you're going to love both of those. I'll, de- I'll definitely have to check them out. There's, a, there's another guy that, uh, that I really like. He's a he's an English guy. Uh, can't think of his name right now. Uh, he had a, he actually had a, a a TV show for a while. Um, I thought he was he was really funny. It's not um, um, Eddie Eddie Izzard. No, not Eddie Izzard. Oh my goodness! I'm trying to think of what his name is. Um. I can't think of his name. But does he does right he now. talk about guys? It's not the the uh, it's not the breathing bit. I know who you're talking about. I just can't think of his name because my my friend in England sent me a bunch of his his stuff, and he uh, if 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 I'm not mistaken, he's pretty damn funny. And now that I'm Sick. thinking about it, um, somebody that we forgot that is just crazy. Two people, Joe Coy mm-hmm. and Russell Peters. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever if you've ever paid attention to Russell Peters, but I and I don't understand why he's not big in the U.S. But if you leave the United States, Russell Peters is everywhere. Yeah, he's he's, he's really big everywhere, really big everywhere else. You just don't you just don't get the 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 uh, experience here. Yeah, we're going. Uh, we're actually going on a cruise. Uh, it's kind of funny. We're going on a cruise uh, in two weeks, and. Uh, I'm looking forward to two to two things outside of drinking. It is uh, <laughs> I'm looking I'm, I'm looking forward to going and sitting in the piano bar and going to the comedy club. Uh, just those re- those types of relaxing things to to go and check out. Uh, we're going with uh, two sets of, uh, of of couple friends and and we all kind of like to you know take it easy a little bit and uh, enjoy those types of things. So uh, we're looking forward to the comedy club and, and, and then going and sitting in the piano bar and just drinking and having a good time doing some karaoke, if you will. <laughs> yeah. See, that's, that's amazing. Um, let me know when, when are you going? Uh, we're leaving. Uh, we're going not the, not this coming weekend, but the weekend after. Uh, yeah. So we're, we're going to be leaving on like the twenty. 25th, I think is what it is. Okay. Coming back on like the 29th or something like that. Definitely. Um, yeah, be prepared to talk about that because I've never been on a cruise and I will take my first cruise this summer um, nice. after my daughter graduates. So I'm, I'm not, 
yeah, I'm not a I'm not anti cruise. It's just something that I've never done. And um watch a lot of crime shows and motherfuckers getting pushed overboard. <laughs> I mean, I, I can swim. I it's, I don't have a problem with that. I just you women know. that kill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, now I'm going solo. So there it you is go. What it so is. Going solo. Uh, but I've just, you know, it, it's one of those things. Like, uh, so since ever since I mentioned that I want to go on a cruise and I've been searching it on my phone, you know, this stupid Big Brother algorithm thing. Like, yeah, all of these videos in my YouTube feed have been people who missing their they don't get back to the boat in time. Yeah, <laughs> so the cruise is leaving so without them, and and there's somebody see him, see him running up to the boat, and yeah. the boat's pulling off. It's like, hey, you should have got back when you're supposed to. <laughs> yeah, like they're coming up, and the last dude is throwing that rope up to the boat, and the boat's back yeah. and it's like, and and whoever is filming him is just evil. Yeah, <laughs> in, at him. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have I'm gonna have immense joy in your pain. Yeah, I mean, this is probably gonna be to the point. I'm so afraid of that that I might not even go on an excursion. <laughs> I'm gonna be. I, I'm gonna have one foot of like. I, I'm gonna always be where I can see the boat. As soon as I see somebody go over and touch one of them ropes, I'm sprinting back. <laughs> like, I, so I think I think we're gonna get it off of the boat in Nassau, uh, in the Bahamas. Uh, but I don't know how much we're gonna be doing off the boat. Um, this is gonna be one of our friends. This is this is his first time on a, on a cruise. Actually, one of the couples. Uh, it's his first time really gonna be out on water. He's. He's kind of uh, a little bit uh, not not necessarily petrified of it, but it's it's not his thing, quote unquote. Wait, <laughs> and, is he black? Uh, is he black? No, he's he's not black. He's not oh, black. Okay, okay. He can swim. Don't worry. No, no, it wasn't that he could swim. <laughs> it's just you know the last time white folks tricked black people on getting on a boat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he ended up yes. so you know some things happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's not black. He's right. just southern. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I definitely I'm 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 anxious to hear about it. Um probably I, I will probably book mine. If you come back with some good info, I'll book it that same day. Okay. Um but as always, man, um I think this is a good time to wrap. Uh, the yep. game is actually is about first quarter is about over. So oh yeah, I'll, I'll be to yep, Damn, I'm gonna go look, sit down. I think Green Bay is winning uh by a touchdown. No, no kidding. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, as much as I don't like the Cowboys, I kind of want to see them up there. Not me. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, all of my Cowboy friends, this is our year. Well, it's been your year for the last yeah. 10 years, right? <laughs> they, say, they say it every year. We've every been boys. We... <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll we'll see. I'm... Uh, I'll go and catch the rest of this game, but brother, I love you, man, and this has been fun. Right. Um, hey, uh, love you. It's been it's been a great, uh, great, great discussion this time. Uh, you know, heartbroken and uh, and uplifting all at the same time. Uh, you know, crazy news. Uh, I know we had uh, we had thought about this going one way, and uh, and it kind of getting thrown off the rails with uh, so much in your face. <laughs> happening around the football world yeah uh so uh but yeah until uh until next time uh same time next week right yes sir yes sir and i you know what i honestly i'm 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 kind of scared to see what's going to happen between now and next sunday <laughs> <I know laughs> with so much happening in a short period of time with this week man 
I'm nervous. But what could top this past week? This is honestly. true. Yeah, this is true. I mean, I can think of a couple of things. I'll text you that, but we won't talk about it right now because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to speak it into existence. <laughs> right. But man, um, yeah, go be with the fam. Watch some football, and and we'll we'll link back up this time next week. Sounds good, brother. All right, bro. I love you, man. All right, brother. Love you. Take it easy. Have a good week.